Either that, either that. Go ahead. What are you going to say? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't know Good it was evening, that close. Everybody. <laughs> um, uh, welcome. Thanks for coming and watching. Uh, yeah, of course, we have Vance and we have Ray on tonight, but we also have another guest we're going to come that's going to be coming on here in a few minutes. Um, she's going to, uh, I'll let her explain what it is because she'll, uh, I'll just, uh, I'll just not do it right. So, anyway, until, she, till Jody shows up, we're just going to, uh, just shoot the shit, I guess. So, uh, Ray's having a heat storm. We're here in Oregon. We're, we're, <laughs> we're having a snowstorm. Uh, how, what's going on in Texas there? Oh, it's, you know, cold for Texas. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, if it's 70 degrees and I'm, and I'm in the shade, I need a jacket. So, you know, I, I get <laughs> <Right>. cold real easy. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, supposed to get down in like 17 and stuff uh, on Tuesday. And luckily here in Texas, it doesn't really get real, real cold for a long, long time. You know, it, it, it might yeah. freeze for five, six hours, you know, a day and, you know, by, you know, 10 o'clock, you know, whatever. So, yeah, we don't have to deal with too much of that. But two years ago when they had the big snowstorm and all that and the power outages, I froze my little ass off. So I hope the power don't go out. I'll be fine as long as the power don't go out. <laughs> right. I'm going to, I'm going to add Jody here. Jody. Okay. Here we are. Here we Good are. evening. Um, I just, I, I got to give you a little warning, Jody. I wasn't able to download, uh, to copy that, uh, PDF, but I was able to download your questions. Perfect. So, um, I, I didn't real. I just kind of let every, the, uh, everybody watching know that, um, you were coming on and I was going to let you pretty much explain what, what you guys are doing and stuff like that. Cause I don't, I, I don't want to do you dirty and, and, and not say the right thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Thanks for having us. Yeah, no worries. Hey, no worries. This is what's all about. This is what I do on Saturdays with these gentlemen right here, just to come on and kill some hours on Saturday and have a good time. So well, we appreciate thank it. you all for coming. I appreciate it. Can you see us oh, okay? Yeah, no, we can see everybody. And um, so, good enough. Yeah, sounds okay. good. I, 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 I'm not, I can hear you pretty good. How about you guys, Ray? Yeah, Vance? I can hear this one. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so I'll let Jody explain kind of what's, what she's doing and uh, what's kind of going on. And I have some questions here for the, for the people that joined us. So I'll right, well, throw it over Tom, to Jody for a minute. Tom, thank you so much for having us here. And again, my name is Jody White, and I am a Michigan advocate. Um, I am a, an original victim back in 18. Our family um, experienced some bad things. And because of my um, expertise of being in it in 2018, I have been able to find um, other people that might need help. And uh, both these families have contacted a national company called SEER, and his name is Rick Black. And Rick Black is more of a national leader. And when they're down and out and upset and they don't know what to do, they get online. Somehow or another, they get a hold of Rick Black, which is part of the Carrie Kasem Cares um, Foundation. And then if it's a Michigan case, they call me because I'm the Michigan liaison. So um, I appreciate because I've been on uh, with Tom being interviewed with other victims. And these are our two newest victims in Michigan. And their stories are so parallel I just want the audience to see that this is happening in different and with different judges, with different, one's a mother and one's a girlfriend. And at the end of the day, 
it, it, it's all the same predatory practices. So if you want to go ahead and start with the questions, um, you know, we can butt in if you want. But this is Ted Scarborough. He's from Macomb County. And he has Judy Tapped, which is his girlfriend. And then Melanie and Amanda, their mom is called Nancy Good. Or her name's Nancy Good. There's two other sisters, but they're not here. And um, so they're going to share their stories with you um, based on the questions that we we kind of practiced beforehand because we're all a little nervous here. Yeah, I am too because this is the first interview I've ever done on this on a podcast. So please bear with me. I'm probably not going to be very good at this. It's the first time, but I'm I'm going to give it a shot and see how it goes. Anyway, um, so we have we have Ted and what are the other two ladies' names again? Because I'm bad with names. I apologize. I'm Melanie and I'm Amanda. Okay. So let's, uh, let's start with, uh, with, um, Ted, it's Ted, right? Right. Okay. Um, so let's, let's, can you tell me a little bit about your family situation? Um, and, and a little bit about what's, what your situation is. Well, let's, uh, let's start me and me and my fiance, Judy, we, we met each other back in the first grade and, uh, we just, kind of kept in touch throughout our lifetime and and fate brought us back together later in life and we ended up you know getting a house together and living together for you know over 10 years in this house and uh basically that that is my background with with their family and, and you know what we went through because i know them i'm going to ask them another question well what about the okay perfect Okay, um, but tell them too about um, all the friends. He goes to a high school, and they're also friends. So tell them that. Yeah, we, me, and, me and Judy both kept in touch with a lot of our old high school friends throughout the years as well. You know, so right? We all had a little tight knit little circle. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, There's nothing wrong with that. So Melanie, go ahead. What tell us a little bit about your family? So I'm the oldest of four girls, and. Um, mom's a baby of four girls and um she's really close with her second oldest uh sister um above her she has a, a boyfriend jeff who she was married to and then um they did get a divorce because there was some animosities between um my one sister and my mom my mom's boyfriend they don't really like each other um, but my mom was very happy with him. He was, you know, he, he still is the love of her life. And, um, well, tell us about the coffee with your sister, with, with your aunt. Yeah, Sundays. Yes. Sundays. And so my, my mom Sunday and my mornings. sister were so close. My mom, my aunt is a snowbird. She lives, uh, in Florida and, um, they would always have every Sunday they would have coffee together, no matter where she was, whether it was her house here or whether it was her house in Florida, they'd, get on, the they'd phone. get on the phone at a certain time. I never asked her the time, but I knew it was a certain time. I couldn't call, you know, if I called her, she did not answer. And I knew she was on the phone with my aunt, you know, having her coffee hour. And they would talk about whatever happened during the week or, you know, yeah. I mean, that's her sister. So they're going to share feelings. I'm sure share their anger, share yeah. whatever feelings. It are. used to be a sister thing between all four of my mom's sisters, my sis my mom and her three sisters. Um, but then, you know, they had a little spat, but 
no matter what, my aunt sis and my mom always made your Sunday. They, they probably together. talked about the daughters. They too. probably talked a lot about. <laughs> well, of course, is that what family does? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's ten cousins, so I'm sure that there was a lot to talk about between the cousins having their own babies. So now there's great grandbabies, and so you know, um, my mother set a good example that family is, is stay together. Exactly. Yes. So, um, okay, so the next question we're going to have that's really important is, you know, what happened, what day, um, one was in April, um, although it started in the following um, November, right, with the stroke, and then theirs was in August. So there was a special day that happened, and they're going to explain what happened that they're even in this probate situation. So, Chad, tell us about Judy. Well, it was uh, one morning I woke up and uh, she was still kind of sleeping when I got up and uh, I went outside for a little bit, came back in and she had woke up and I found her in the kitchen, uh, leaning up against the counter in the corner and she was kind of wobbling and I could tell she was getting ready to pass out. So I had caught her before she fell and I sat her down on the floor and I called 911 and uh, nine, and uh, EMS came. They ended up taking her to the hospital. And uh, next thing you know, I'm getting a phone call from this guardian telling me that I'm going to get booted out of the house and he's going to sell her house while the market's up and she ain't never coming out of the nursing home. So did they ever give you a notice? Like what? You know, they just said, here we are. Just phone a phone call. call. Nothing legal. You're saying like, that's the it whole came. Thing. It that's came. That's a big problem yeah. where he should have gotten something. It, it came, but at the, the very first minute, it's a phone call. But but one more thing, though, about Judy, because I still want to focus on, tell us a little bit more about Judy and her health and mental health and stuff like that. Because, you know, you got to be careful in Michigan. If you're vulnerable or you have an accident, you can be swiped into this. This can probably, this can happen anyway. Well, and it's, it is happening. Okay, hold, hold, hold on a second. Uh, I, I have one question. Who, you said a guardian. Who's the guardian? Oh, we're not there yet. We're giving you backstory first. Okay. Okay. Tell you a little bit more about who the players are, so that when we get into the story, you'll understand. Because these people were just normal family members, and then all of a sudden they end up in the probate court, and all these predatory uh, people get involved. But with Ted, tell us a little bit more about Judy, though, because you know her family; she had a son and a sister. So you have to kind of give a little bit more backstory. Well, yeah, but none of them wanted to be her guardian when they deemed her incapacitated. So okay. that's how this uh, guardian got court appointed. Oh, it was a third party guardian. And he, you know, he's not in no relation to, to her family whatsoever. So how can he, how can he do any of that? They get full power of guardian and I, and I'd be glad to send you some links it's to the through, legislature. It all, yeah. it all came, started with an APS <laughs> agent making frivolous accusations and had asked for an emergency uh, petition to have her appointed uh, a guardian. And APS, and that's how it happened. Services. And yeah. this, and this APS agent slandered me in this hearing, and I wasn't even aware that the hearing was going on, so I wasn't even there to defend myself right. and the standard. It was five minutes, five minutes. And it was just the APS agent and the judge. That was what's frustrating. And they slandered him and said very negative things about him, which goes back to, you know, there was some things in their past that happened 10 years ago that they dragged up today and they were using frivolous allegations about you. Yeah. 
So, so, but okay. So, and that's pretty much the same thing. What happened with your mom? I mean, what, well, you know, to touch with that third party though, you know, just to touch base on third party guardians, now third party guardians and the legislature is clear on what their duties are. And, you know, with Judy, you know, and my mother, there was never um, a level of capacity. Now, when you're a criminal and you're deemed incompetent to stand trial, there's a test you take and a doctor gives you this exam. But when you're incapacitated, the law backs you on what level of capacity you may or may not have. And, it, and it's all ignored. And it's been updated several times. And it seems like they're just old school laws that are no longer written, that people are they're ignoring to outgrow. And that now you get a third party in here because no one wants to be a guardian, which sometimes should be good because they're non-biased. But you know what? When they're acting on money from an estate, they're going to want those guardians and these guardian ad litems want money from the estate. They're not there to help you. These families stay together and Judy be with people she loves. They don't have time for that. They have right. hundred people and wards they're taking care of. Wards. Well, and so that's where, you, well, tell us how Nancy became a ward. What happened with your mom? So my mom and uh, my sister went out uh, for some drinks the night before her fall. And they went to a karaoke show. They went to a karaoke show. She came home. She had just had this beautiful patio poured on her back porch. They had not put up a railing yet. She had on flip-flops. Oh. You know, summer, it was August 17th of 2023. It was a nice summer night. You know, she had flip-flops on. She comes home. 2022. Oh, last year. I'm sorry. Yeah, last it was year. 2022. Seems like yesterday. Both of these guys were in 22, but they're still in probate in 23. Yes. Um, <laughs> so she comes home. She... She wanted to use her back door with her brand new patio, which, you know, she usually did use the front door. So she went, but she went to the back door. She told me she flipped, slipped on her flip-flop, fell backwards, busted her head open. She laid it there for eight hours in a pile of blood before my brother-in-law found her in the morning. So I get a call at unresponsive. Unresponsive. So I get a call at 7.30 in the morning from my sister, Angela, and she's screaming at me, telling me that it's Amanda's fault, that mom fell, and mom's at the hospital, and, um, you know, we need to get up there right away, and so, you know. Um, and then we tried to get up there right away. By the time we got ready to go, they called and said, only two people are allowed. And I said, okay, well, then we'll swap in and out with you guys, you know, and Angela, Tiffany says, Angela's my support person. She needs to be here with me. And so, you know, for we didn't get to see our mom until about 20, 18 hours later. Um, and it, you know, it was an accident. Things happened. Um, and then they brought up my mom was drinking with me and used that against my mother in some way. Because now be, be careful, everybody out there, because if you're drunk and something happens to you, and let's say you're not a drinker, you go out New Year's Eve and, and you get drunk and you fall, you're an alcoholic to the law. You're an alcoholic to anyone right. that wants to that against you now my mother babysat her grandkids five to six days a week and here's my sister saying oh my mom's an alcoholic that's why she fell but I allowed her to be overnight with my kids I allowed her to when I go to Cancun spend the week with my kids but my mom is a, a danger she's an alcoholic and she's a danger to herself now she's a danger to herself but I do want to keep in mind because I know a lot of us are you know probably regular drinkers or even do enjoy enjoy that my mom left the bar at 12 because she had to babysit in the morning. You know, she, she's like, I, right. I can't stay at the whole show, but, and she invited me. She's to being responsible. Yeah. 
she had, and I'm going to tell you, she, I got there, she was having a beer. We got a beer together. We had a shot together, another beer. And then I believe she might've had another shot. I'm not sure. But then come 12, 15, she left. And I'm telling you, she was, she didn't even finish her last beer on the counter. I drank it and closed out tab and started a new tab. And no one wants to hear that because, oh, that's, you know, so much taking up the court's time and, you know, the judges and stuff will rush you. We don't have time to talk about this. Well, we do have time because this, this is something that's going to change my mother's life forever. And you don't get to deem her an alcoholic or irresponsible in five minutes. You know, that right. is so, and, and my mom, my mom had a DUI back in 91. No, it was definitely before we won the Stanley Cup. Okay. <laughs> um, it was like definitely before, maybe 91 or 93. And so to never my she has a big family no one's ever said hey nan you got a problem maybe you should go check into the rehab or something my mom woke up for work every day she was a single mom raising four girls she drove a frito-lay truck she drove pantyhose she worked for z medical yeah. she was the trucker always on a route my mother drove for a living for 20 years she and was not an kids. alcoholic right. i mean you, she's she's a functioning alcoholic. My mother never went to work drunk. Well, wait, let me ask, tell them what she what she does for. She's sixty five years old, and 65. what does she do? What does she do for a living? Now she's a karaoke host <laughs> in the bar. In a bar where she had to go through. She had a celiac artery issue in her stomach, and she didn't drink for three months because she. Right. I thought, hey, maybe it's the alcohol doing this to you because you're a regular drinker. So she stopped drinking. She'd be in there with her lemon water, which is no sugar, just lemon and water. I'm like, ooh all the time but she but, was also a karaoke drink you can't drink when you're well you are allowed one an hour okay and then at, at one o'clock you can have you can purchase something but you're only allowed to purchase two yet but either way karaoke you as know a, okay Joni who was the main karaoke our boss pretty much she doesn't even drink unless she's not working you know she doesn't drink at all you don't need to drink to be a karaoke host I mean but you're also <laughs> dancing and you're sweating I, mean, I know was, yeah I was just watching a video last night and my mom didn't know I was recording her as she's hosting and She's going up to everybody and getting their songs and she's doing this. And then she gets to my camera and she's all singing into my camera right. and not a drink in her hand. That was when she wasn't drinking um, because she was really thinking, what's going on? But it was a breakdown of her celiac artery. The acid it ate away at it. And, you know, it's just when you when you can't speak for yourself, you've got to be careful who you're leaving in charge to speak for you. Well, we're not there yet because, right. you don't <laughs> know because Judy's family they're alcoholics, right? I mean, you've known their family because you went to high school. So, I mean, so it's kind of the opposite. The people that are wanting to be in charge are the alcoholics. So well, the no, no. Well, Judy sense. is an alcoholic. And so, um, basically, she was making allegations about you, but it wasn't really you. It was about Frank. So, want to give that backstory a little bit? Yeah, she she was making allegations that she don't, she remembers somebody hitting her and her waking up in a hospital. And I, I didn't hit her, and that's not why she woke up in the hospital. It was because she was passing out. Did she have a stroke? Right. She well, she had a stroke and a seizure, like uh, like eight months before that would have right. been something. And when like you that. have a stroke, isn't it what I've read and research just on my but own? That, isn't that, there stuff that can make her have misconfusion and things like that too? Right. Well, she wasn't on any medication oh, okay. for the, at the time for it. You know, and I think that her doctors. Beforehand, should have had her on some anti-seizure medicine because she had other seizures in the past where I had called 911 for her, you know, quite a few times. 
you know, but she had a stroke and a seizure when I was up north for a four day weekend. And uh, I couldn't get a hold of her one day all day long. And I had to call my neighbor to go check on her. And he found her in the back room unresponsive. I mean, she was awake, but she wasn't responding to him. And right. that really screwed her up at that point. And she was in and out of a couple nursing homes for a few months until she had the incident in April when I told you in the kitchen. And, and then that's when... That was when we really got involved with the probate at that point. And that's where they took advantage of her and they used me as a pawn to, to do so. Right. And it's the lies that they started. So I'm going to ask you guys a couple quick questions here. So, um, uh, okay. It says, uh, okay, well, let's go with this. Not yet. What happened that caused your loved one to be in probate court? So you had an APS agent and you had kind of a social worker that was kind of behind the scenes scamming you guys because you didn't know it at yes, the time. later because so when we get into there into the nursing home right you get, talked my sister well, okay. oh, okay. I was gonna say well I was gonna have you go ahead Ted so tell your story about APS well the the APS did this investigation you know when she made these accusations Judy and uh I kept calling them because at that point they weren't letting me see her I got kicked out of the hospital on Easter Sunday and uh so I kept calling him to find out what was going on with this stupid investigation because there was nothing to investigate, you know, and it, they dragged it on and on until that APS agent had that hearing, that five-minute hearing, to get her a court-appointed guardian. And, and like I said, I wasn't even aware of this hearing, so I wasn't even able to defend myself at that point, you know. And it just went and snowballed from there. The, the slander went on to the guardian. Then he started slandering me. Then the judge was slandering me. And it's just a, a horrible process that, that I had to go through, you know, just for calling 911 for someone. Well, right. again, it was also the APS agent. The, the next uh, 30 days later, they had a second hearing. And the APS agent had an attorney there. But Ted still wasn't there, and Judy wasn't even there. That's the part that, as an advocate, you know, because I've read all their transcripts, I've watched all their um, the video, and I, I'm catching stuff like this because I can just see the scandal, and that's what I right. can understand. And so then, and I met him. Um, he had a, he had already done a whole bunch. Both of these guys, not knowing that there was the perfect crime going on, handled themselves really, really well. But unfortunately, they still both got. Scandalized. I don't know. They were emotional, and because of you know the animosity. Like first of all, you're going through. It's a traumatic experience. You're going through emotions. You're going through your twelve phases of denial. You're going through grief. You're going through denial. You're going through misplacement. You can't believe you're, it's happening. You're, you're blaming others for why this happened. It's a natural thing. It is a natural thing, and it's a defense mechanism that we is set in all of our minds, and they take advantage of that. You know, I mean. Even just a fast forward glimpse into our story, you know, we're like, sure, we'll sign this if I can see my mom. And that's right. my life. Yeah. And yes. they knew it. And yes. and they were telling us, you you have to sell, you have to sell. And we're going, and I'm trying to tell my sister, no, you don't. Right. They we have if they didn't exhaust all financial resources. They took my mother's home in six weeks. And I might okay, you're jumping yeah, ahead, yeah, sister. Yeah, so yeah, so, good, weeks, so well, yeah. we want to get with Melanie and have Melanie tell you about how the social worker and they had a family meeting and before they knew they weren't able to visit and and the After. social worker was basically kind of lying and went to court and lied 
Yeah, she knew that where our family dynamic was, we were arguing, and the social worker did nothing, nothing at all in advance to try to resolve any family issues, which isn't their responsibility, but it also isn't the responsibility to make choices for the family, which she did. And Melanie went, Melanie knows a little more about this. Yeah. Well, all I know is when my mom went into the nursing home, she, you know, my sister had, had stopped us from even visiting my mom. My mom is in a vet, has a vent tube in her throat for the first week for the half. first week and a half of her life. You know, they gave her a 2% chance after I mean after her injury, I'm sorry. They gave her a 2% chance of making it, okay? 2%. So we all four should have been in there holding hands and you know, I get that everybody grieves differently. I understand that. But instead, my two sisters, as soon as they found out that they had this power and oh, mom didn't choose you. You're the oldest. I was mistaken when my mom came to me and signed this DPOA paperwork because she was having her celiac surgery, which Amanda had mentioned yeah. earlier. And she was worried that she's getting older. What if something does happen? I know you girls and I know the animosity can build between you guys. Yeah. So I want to put something in place so there's no argument. She didn't want to be stuck on a vent. Her wishes were to never be stuck on a vent because us four girls are arguing over that. But, you know? So she comes to me and she says, Melanie, I know you're the oldest. And I want to appoint Tiffany as the medical DPOA because she is a nurse. She would know whether or not to pull the plug. And of course, I'm, that makes absolutely 100% sense to me because... She is the nurse. She would. We would be asking her anyway. Yes, like, what do you be, think, Tiff? You know, what, <laughs> what is this medical terminology that they're talking about? I don't know what a phalange is, you know, <laughs> but she, of course, would know. So, um, you know, it, it just. And um, the other sister was the. No, yeah, yeah, and then the yeah. other sister she appointed as the conservator. And we we did discuss it, you know, and I, I, I had. Yeah, we kind of just went. I really thought it, it was, was all good until Amanda Braden got in. So, you know, yes. we didn't have any court issues. And Amanda Braden is a social worker. No, no, it wasn't all good until Amanda Braden. Well, no, Braden I'm saying we, out because of court, out what of court, ended up happening court, yeah. is mom's in there with a vent in her throat. And they now have accused Amanda because they are already upset with her because she went out with my mom the night before. They're already upset with Amanda because Amanda doesn't have any children. So when my mom retired, she was able to go and hang out with my mom. We were going my to mom the was able to go to we the were, Red Wings games. With we were going her. to the park. You know, we did things that they were we able to do adults. adult things. You know, whereas right. children, my sisters have children. We're doing grandchildren right. stuff, you know, grandma stuff. So, and Amanda was, and I do feel that they were probably jealous of her, you know, and um, it just baffled my mind after a week and a half of her being in there on this vent. They accused her of giving her a gummy with a vent yeah. down. I don't, know, a gummy, right? I don't know if any of you, and I pray that you haven't, but if you've ever seen anybody on a vent, it is not possible. You know, you're if you take anything off, there's buzzers, there's beepers, there's nurses. And there's, it's taped to your mouth. You know, I mean, it was there's cameras, there's all kinds of stuff. I and said, so, how could I ever do that? How could I even want to, how could I physically have ever done that? This is the and beginning. And two, why would I want my mom to go into more deep sleep when I, all we want to do is wake her up? You know, I, I, when I heard it, I'm thinking, well, that's the last type of medicine I want to give my mom is something to make her sleepier. But again, they're I lying. Get up. That's the thing. There's a nefarious well, number that's lying. Yes. So, well, how did they, how did they even come up with this? 
Did so they just mom, make this stuff up? Me. I mean, yeah. My mom's my mom's best friend Lisa called me up because I was banned on Labor Day. So my mom fell on the eighteenth. That's like twelve days after she fell. Um, and She's banned from seeing her mother. Yeah, I was banned day one, pretty much. And then Lisa, my mom's friend, was in there, and she had called me and said, "They call me Puggy," and she said, "Puggy, be honest with me now." Did you try to slip your mom a marijuana gummy? And I'm and I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And she goes, well, Tiffany told the nurse and me that today in the, in the hospital. And I'm going, oh my god. Honestly, it it's so emotional. I don't even want to cry about it. But it really yeah. is like. And what's what's ironic is you know that's what they do for a living is they make them and sell them. And my brother is, my brother-in-law is a licensed um, grower in Michigan. So, and my mother has a medical card as she states in her IME later. Um, and so they would, you know, she didn't want to take money for babysitting. So they gave her marijuana gummies. So basically and it could have come from Tiffany. Legally, that's his patient. Exactly. He gave her marijuana gummies. And then for some reason, to, I don't know, to she thought you? maybe I was going to hold that against them, but I'm not, I don't need to go into that. I don't have any problems with my sisters or my family besides the fact of them isolating my mom and keeping me from her. I don't need to talk about what a crazy girl she was when she, I mean, there's plenty of stories. We're four sisters. Of course there's crazy stories. But again, but I would never hold anything like that against well, her. Well, and this is the main thing that this is what we want the audience to understand. Um, they brought back a past thing that happened 10 years with him. And now they're, they're bringing, bringing something about her. And then this is really funny, though, when you really start to realize. Trying to pin up something against the other person. Right. And, that, they're, and they're purposely do. purposely doing this because they can. And now we have to defend ourselves. Yes. And then you guys get all overly emotional. And you have to but defend. But what's sad is we don't get to defend ourselves because you go in and you go into you go into these courts. And they, they, they say this, this, and this, and this. And then. And then you're treated like a criminal, even though you're, this isn't, no one's charging me with uh, giving drugs to an incapacitated person, but we're going to spend an hour on it. Right. And, gonna, yeah. and then when we bring up, I don't want you to sell my mom's home. We got to move things along. Exactly. And that's where you get the predatory and the, the misleading because they think we're, they think because we're, we're not lawyers and we're not judges and we can't read the law. Right. My problem is I can read just fine. They're not doing what's written, but I'll go, you know, like we were saying last night, God forbid the Taco Bell guy, forget your tacos. And he, that poor kid, $14 or 14 years old at $10 an hour loses his job because he got in trouble because he forgot to do this or he talked wrong to a customer. But then a judge takes your constitutional rights away right, right on the record and no one does anything about it. No, And if you want to go through a grievance, it might take you about 18 months to get somebody to hear you. Like, that's okay, right. but we're gonna fire this 14 year old kid because he forgot two tacos. Oh, so, real quick, right. though, so because now we're in court, though, like what he's saying, so we kind of know the backstory. So, this Amanda Braden, yes, she's the social worker, so and it's such, in the she's meantime, got the same name as me, so Braden, we'll call her Braden, so it doesn't get confused. Yes, so in the meantime, my mom went to the facility, um, when she was in the hospital. The animosity, I'm the big, you know, I'm the oldest sister, so and I'm, I'm the crazy sister, I'm trying to. <laughs> Keep us as a family together for my mom's sake, because my mom can't get better. You know, by the grace of God, my mom opened her eyes. By the grace of God, my mom was able to start speaking, you know. So it was so amazing a week. And they told us, don't put your eggs in that basket. And as soon as they took that out, she was 
Yes. Hi, guys. Awesome. It was yeah. the most amazing. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was amazing. And, you know, if anybody could get through something like that, it's my strong mother. And she well, did. Well, the whole, so they're already angry with Amanda because Amanda went out with her. So after my mom comes out, she was having a hard time speaking because the tube, they had taken it out and putting it back in a couple times to see if she was able to breathe on her own. So they had tore up a couple of, you know, things in her throat. And um, she was able to take her finger and do things like this. So in my mind, I'm thinking, my mom can't communicate with us. Let's give her a cell phone, her, her, her cell, cell phone, and let her text us. Let her tell us if I she's made, in pain. Um, we made a chart. So Mel, I don't know if um, people know this, but there's a, a app you can download. And if you want to talk, you can move things with your eyes on your phone. So Melanie said, maybe we could download this app and we're sharing this with our sisters. And then I made like a quick chart that says hot, cold, um, pain. And then I made like a body chart so she could point to it, like quick reference. And then, um, you know, quick words. So I did that because I wanted things to be easy for my mom to be able to communicate. Right. So fast forward. So we are, so I, I'm going to this patient advocate because we're not, we're not, to have we're not getting along. Yep. You know, I'm wanting her to be able to communicate with us. Tiffany, for some reason, doesn't want her to communicate with us. Didn't let us didn't make any phone. sense to me. She doesn't want us to be around her, which doesn't make any sense to me. People heal when loved ones are around. Hallelujah. This is a fact. That is why they are implementing Facebook in recovery rooms. And, and COVID, they had 8 by 8 square. You yeah. know, so keep, yeah, with they're, they're implementing all this stuff. So I go to the patient advocate at the hospital. Please, we are having problems with my family. I need some help. You know, they go back and tell the DPOA, who is my sister, everything I just said about my sister. So thank you for your help, patient yeah. advocate. That's supposed right. to be advocating said, for yeah. the patient and not the guardian who is of the patient. Yeah, because we had said numerous times, um, I was concerned with Tiffany, you know, um, a, even within the first few days of mom being able to get up and doing exercises, Tiffany being a nurse wants to, of course, naturally probably help mom, but she's doing exercises and moving mom around and then mom would have therapy. And then the therapist would say, Oh, she's not doing any, she's not doing very well. And I just watch her do five legs lifts with Tiffany. with Tiffany. And then she goes to the therapist and she said, she didn't do any leg lifts today. So I'm bringing up to the patient advocate, you know, this is concerning. This is concerning. Someone needs to tell Tiffany to know her role and let you guys do your job. Because if you want to evaluate my mom, you want to evaluate her and what she can do. Now she's exhausted. So I tell her this. I said, I'm very concerned about this. And now I'm reporting to the patient advocate that the um, healthcare advocate, my mom's healthcare proxy, is doing these things to her. And the first thing that Rhonda wants to do is go and tell the person that I said it might be in you know, interrupting my mother's medical care. And it's like, where's these protocols? Yes. Did they forget to go to class? So, today? Fast okay, yeah, so now we're on the second hospital she ended up at. I go to this patient advocate. Same policy, apparently. <laughs> Tiffany got her books under. You know, there must be a same policy because I go to them. I share with them. We're not allowed to see my mom. My mom needs all four of us girls for her to heal. She was walking when all four of us were in, in, in the care, you know, when at the facility she was she was at when all four of us were visiting she got up with a walker and she walked 72 steps and then when they took us away she's not walking today in a wheelchair she's now in a wheelchair first thing she says to me is i'm not walking 
you know, and I don't want to tell her, well, it's because, you know, your two daughters are being, you know, taking us away from you. And I, and I know how can you, how can you concentrate on healing when you're concentrating on not seeing your children that you saw for 46 years of your life, 46 years. I have now had two Christmases and my whole life. I haven't seen my mother. Well, and just so because you know, of all of this well, animosity and, 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 you know. and what happened though, we're now in January and they have a family meeting at this, at this, um, rehab center. Yes, now we're and rehab. the four, the four girls come in with, uh, and they basically yell for three hours and they are supposed to, um, it was 45 minutes, but the social worker writes that we had a, we had a two hour meeting. Well, I wanted to get to the social work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, so, I like to, yeah, so we're at, the, we're at the third facility now. This is called Applewood symphony and I symphony, will, symphony Applewood. And if anybody is listening in Michigan, they're stay away. great. Stay away. Great F on the, on the state report. <laughs> they have nine flag neglect cases in the last 12 months. Only one in the last three months. Okay, so tell us about it. So I go to the social worker. This is where my sister put her by. Yes, we we had been banned from my mom for a couple months, and then my sister finally calls me and says, "Look, which was two days ago a year, you know, a year ago, yeah, it was a year ago, ago, two days ago." So she calls and she says, "Please, you know, mom, you know, come, you can come up and see mom." So I come up there and see mom. Well, as soon as I see mom, the first thing she says to me is. We need to go see the. We need to go see the patient advocate. I want. You want to go see the social. No, she said I want to speak to the patient advocate, and so we oh, looked yeah. it up, and they don't have a patient advocate there. So we asked. The social worker tells me, "Well, we don't have a patient advocate, but I'm the social worker. I am the one you would talk to. Mm. What kind of concerns do you have, Nancy?" And she says, "I want all my daughters to be able to visit me. I want to be able to call my daughters. I want to talk to my sister." I want to talk to my best friend, Jeff, and I want to talk to my best friend, Lisa. And she asked to put Lisa in and charge. And she asked to put Lisa in charge, who our whole entire lives for 32 years was my mom's right hand. Like I said, she was her best friend. Her co-parent. Right she was there. her co, she was like our second mom. You know, she could go to her with a problem and Lisa and her would come up with a solution, how to deal with it. But having four girls, but, but going having four girls is a lot of drama and a lot of issues, you know. But mom says directly We're not to like the social men. worker. Mom says directly to the social worker in front of you and Lisa, and says that she wants Lisa to be her new DPOA. And then the social worker says, "We got to get you a competency test, Nancy." Oh, yes. What? <laughs> Nancy, you can't do that because you're you're you have activated your DPOA. And, and no doctors released you to uh, be making decisions on your own. So, well, first of all, no doctor deemed her not to either. Just point that out. <laughs> so then, of course, as soon as I leave her office and she tells my mom that she's going to assign her a competency test. And if she still feels like that in a week, they're going to give her an attorney to talk to her. No, she said if she fails. Oh, if she fails. If you fail the I'm competency sorry. test, we will, we will assign, assign you an attorney. attorney. So after I leave. She immediately calls Tiffany. Yep. So your mom was in here trying to change the DPOA. What do you want to do about this? I'm sorry. What? You're supposed to be for my mother. That means that, you know, sometimes they're shady guardians. I'm sure. Just like there's also shady seniors that I've learned as I get older. You know, seniors used to be young troublemakers. Some of them, not all of them, but we're all human. You know, so you need somebody to be able to advocate for these patients that really care about the patients 
and not the guardians and, and not their paycheck. and their patients. So, so let me because we're going to get back to Ted here for a second, and then just to close up, what happened is this social worker ended up going she to court, us. and because she went to court and was able to send an email to the judge. You know, we'll get back to like what we feel about the judge and the yeah, court. Yeah, because you will get back. To yeah, that because I'd like to get with Ted a little bit too. Because <clears throat> Ted, um, uh, I'm I'm kind of like, what happened with like with you? Like, what you know? I, I guess I forgot. Like, um, your question was how? Uh, what happened? You went probate court and you talked about that's how, how we got you to ended up or we got with there, the social yep. worker yep. and you got there with the um, APS yes. agent. So we actually did talk to you about it. So I want to ask you guys some quick questions. So were both your lady friends, uh, mothers, were they single? Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. Did they both own a home? Yes. Yes. Did the judge let someone sell their home? Yes. Um, did they want to sell their home? No. 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 Um, okay. We so into it. let's talk about attorney fees to have what they just said happen. Ultimately, all these attorneys want is the asset Money. they own to be um, sold. And the proceeds then to go to be paying for the guardian ad litem and the attorneys. So you guys had an attorney by the name of John. What did you guys spend? 18000 18000 He worked for how many months? Uh, we had four, six. Three, six, six, no, months, we had six months. Six months. Three, three court events and one order. Okay. Ever $18,000. Okay. You had how many attorneys? Two. And that cost you a lot less. But what did you pay? 4000 4, And then this is the great part. Judy, because we uh, they don't have it yet. After one year of being a conservator, you're gonna have to give your um your um, accounting. Yeah. So they don't have their accounting. Remember, I'm the one with the 1.8 million dollars from Oakland County. We still haven't gotten our accounting, and and our house, our our building is going into foreclosure because our trustees aren't even paying any of our bills for the assets that my family own that we don't have any access to because the attorneys own it. Well, they they run it. So you had. Gillison basically running Judy, like you had. We had Tom Frazier, he had Terrence Gillison. How much does Terrence take a Judy for? 65000 65000 Now, I just want and that, to. That's, and that's a third of what he sold her house for. A so third. he took a third of her money. So let me, how, was for she on this Disrupting the, our relationships and, you know, he ruined my relationships with her family because he obviously done uh undue influence with them because they have all stopped talking to me now and uh he's done nothing to earn sixty five thousand dollars except kicking up kick him out of his house the house yeah. he took a foreclosure home in 2013 and rehabbed it for the last 10 years yeah. right put, and new furnace i mean put a lot of money into it and a lot of sweat equity and that's only uh, one of his new furnace like we put a new uh roof uh and a new privacy fence i put around the backyard and just other stuff that I did inside the house, like, you know, like brand new carpet and things like that, you know. And the one judge, or the one you were supposed to get a jury trial, tell them about that. Yeah, I was supposed to get a jury trial for him trying to evict me. And my attorney at the time, he had me pay for this jury trial. Oh. I went and paid for it, and I never got it. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in jail now for breaking a no contact because... My Judy is blowing my phone up, pleading for me to help her get out of the situation. And, you know, obviously they set me up for failure with the no contact because somebody you love keeps calling you 20, 30 times in a day. You're eventually going to answer the phone, right? Well, I don't know. Pleading for help. So while I'm in jail, he takes it upon himself to change the locks on the house while I'm in jail. So when I got out, 
I couldn't even get back in the house to get the rest of my stuff out of the house. So, you know, that, that's how he evicted me. That's how much of a coward this man is. He, he, he couldn't evict me while I'm in the house. He had to make sure I was in jail to do it. And, and you guys, just so you know, we have all the transcripts. We have the videos. I mean, the, the videos you have to go into the courts to, to view. So when you first meet and you take on these cases, and it's cool for me. I mean, they don't want to hear this probably, but when I first met Ted, at the time he had eight court hearings. Well, I was able to go into the courthouse and view the four hours. In four hours, this guy's life was manipulated. To, and, 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 and I mean, he when he got out of jail, because then he had to go to jail a second time, and because he went to jail a second time, you know, you lost your cell phone. His number got disconnected. So now Judy doesn't have her number. Right. And what else happened to you? That's your story. And oh. and also when I got out, uh, one of my dogs had died. Uh, no one like, found him. Nine, Seventy-five days. Yeah, I don't know what happened, That's but so I had sad. to leave my dogs in the care of somebody else while I was in jail. And, and when I got out, I found one of my dogs dead on their back porch. So... You know, I, I feel that he was responsible in, in an aspect for that because that would have never happened if I would have still been in our house. And the good thing is you didn't lose your job. I mean, that was nice. Right. Luckily, my job knows that I'm dealing with this corruption, and they, they cut my job for me. So when I did get out of jail, at least I had my job still. And you remember, Tom, too, last last month when we talked with Cynthia Miss, Miss Flood, she, she spent $215,000. $215,000 with seven attorneys, and she still doesn't have her mom back at her home because her her niece stole grandma. So, I mean, this is just ridiculous stories. Yeah, her but her mom, niece did all that illegally. How can she still have power attorney or anything it, like that? It's the thing. It's these, it's these legal documents that, you know, like when I drive and I get a speeding ticket, they say that you um, are speeding and you have to, like, go to court now and fight the speeding ticket. But I mean, they, they do it for their revenue, but when it comes to ourselves, I mean, we're the ones, we're not perfect people. But at the end of the day, when you go to a courtroom, you're assuming that the DPOA paperwork is going to work and that the sister is not gonna become this control freak. Or in his case, where all of a sudden he has a, a nomination from an APS agent to make Terrence Gillison his new daddy. And actually tell him where Judy's at. I mean, not only did they take Judy away from him, but go ahead. I mean, whatever. Where's Judy? Well, at first, her, her, you know, like I said, none of her family wanted to be involved. Her, her son signed off on his inheritance, and all of a sudden, now at the end, we found out that she has been shipped down to Missouri, where her son lives now. Out of state. Out of state. So like, we can't do out of state, but Terrence can. You know. Yeah. So I don't know what went on between. Terrence and the son, like I said, he's in, he influenced that son in some sort of a way, and and now they're telling me she's down there. So and he still has no contact order. So on Wednesday. So wait a second. This is your wife. My fiance. Fiance. But I've known her since the first grade, like I had said. Right. We've known we've known each other our whole life. And she would say, she even said in the courtroom, she because she was making allegations because um her ex husband did hit her a lot. And so she made an allegation that it was Teddy. But then the next breath, she's going, I only said those things because she didn't want to have a guardian. She didn't want, because Ted wanted to be her guardian just to get her out of this out of this mess. Well, she would say, I don't want Teddy to be my guardian. Well, what she wasn't understanding, if he doesn't become the guardian, you're stuck yeah. with Terrence Gillison. She didn't want any guardian. And, and the one more yeah. thing that's really what's 
flabbergasting me about both these two cases. They're not allowed to talk to their loved ones about what's going on in the court case. Their loved ones didn't know that their homes are being sold. They don't tell them. And then they get in trouble if they talk to this vulnerable person with both of them. They are talking. Judy is talking and Nancy is talking. They might okay, have- Okay, so hold on a second. Wait. I, I So what are they going to do if you do talk to them? Oh, they'll call the police. Contempt of court goes to jail. And yes. I ended up going to jail. Today. Yeah, they took my. They called the cops on my aunt. My seventy-two-year-old <laughs> aunt brought Christmas presents from Florida and went to see my mom. And the and the that director, was the one she had coffee with. Yeah, by yeah. the way, the coffee sister. Yeah, but the, the director called? walks in and says, "Ma'am, you can't be here." And my aunt says, "said There's no court order against me because what that happened isn't. was Tiffany's lawyer tried to tell my lawyer at the time." Can you please in, uh, instruct your clients to tell Mary Kay she is not allowed to visit Nancy? And my lawyer's like, um, no, I, I won't do that, you know? And There's I no said, court order. Because I told my lawyer, I agree, you don't represent Miss uh, Smith, so why are you being instructed to do anything to her? So here's my aunt going in there. And here, comes, here comes Heidi, the social... The social, not the social, she's the director of this nursing home. And Tom, when I tell you this girl come in like this and with her pajamas on and sat down like this, <laughs> I said, Are, you, you're, you run this place? <laughs> she comes in and tells my aunt, you're going to have to go. And my aunt's like, no, I don't. Well, there's a court order. And my aunt said, there's no court order with my name on it. And she goes, we're going to have to call the police. So my aunt goes, did you want me to call them for you? <laughs> So my aunt calls the police on herself, and then guess what? Even though we have these federal regulations in place, the cops don't know that. And if they if they were taught it, they forgot it, <laughs> and because they said they escorted her out of that that room visiting my mother in the middle of my mom opening presents. They asked my mom, and they asked my mom, "Do you want her to be here?" And she said yes. <gasps> and they still and and the nursing home and he looked at Heidi and said. Is it okay she stays? And Heidi said, no, I want her removed from the property. Um, do you all know what Legal Shield is? Uh, it's like a legal place, right? Is that where we can get legal? Well, no, money? it's it, basically what it is, is it's you pay $30 a month and you have access to all these lawyers. And oh, as, we don't uh, really like lawyers. I mean, no, I, I understand that. I understand. going to help us. Okay. But you got, here's the thing, unless you guys... Don't know what the law is, you're not going to get accomplish anything with these. Well, no, with these people that are yeah, so my aunt says yeah. to them, my aunt says to them, because I prepared her before she went in there, and I said, I sent her this paper, and it's the federal regulation stating that they have to have a court order in order to dismiss someone from there. And it's the Medicare and Medicare, uh, Medicaid and Medicare Act of the federal um, register stating these regulations. And then here's these these officers and these directors that run nursing homes that don't know the law and get mad and offended that I do. So, you know, when I say I paid $18,000 for John to teach me nothing, because then I had to teach, I said, I said this to my lawyer and he goes, Oh, that's really valuable. Where'd you find that at? Right. The lawyers don't know the law. And just, so you know, no, 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 no. The lawyers don't do any research. It's their yes, the underlings. Yeah. So I send them, right. I send them this like, Hey, just to give you a heads up for what your arguments. And then I send them, you know, all these legislative sections and codes and, and, and it's like, you know, he, I, I remember I wrote it down one time in the middle of him talking to the judge and he kind of, he did this to me. Like yeah. he, he like, he like pushed you away and I'm going, well, you, and then, then guess what? The judge took over talking for him. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, we gotta go. We gotta go. We got other people yeah. waiting. 
And I'm going, what a waste of time you are. Right. I mean, I'm like kind of nudging him going, say something. Can you say something? Well, one <laughs> of the things we are doing in Westland, um, because I've been doing this for a few years, ran for office, and hopefully here in Westland, we're the 10th largest um, city in Michigan. Um, this this year, they have to every two years do a class on this elder abuse stuff. And it was just like perfect timing. And I found it was city council meeting and I spoke to the chief of police and he says, oh, I'll get back with you. And he did. And he said, "Wow, you're kind of in luck. We have to do this every two years and this is the year we're going to do it. So we're going to hopefully do a community event with the citizens because here's the problem. The aunt needs to know the law. The cop needs to know the law. And that director needs to know the law. And these directors, if you have not seen the movie, I care a lot. They're called cherries. And they found it cheap. If you want to watch it, be yeah. careful. Okay, just be prepared. This stuff happens every day, and it it will yeah. get out of your seat. What was, what was the name of that movie again? <laughs> I care a lot. And it, and what happened was that's a Netflix movie. It's on Netflix right now. They were originally doing our stories. Uh, Netflix was well. They got sued because guess what? These lawyers don't like us. Naming their names well, like Tom Frazier. Oh, oh, I'm not names. changing names because I'm, I'm going to speak the truth. Look, I don't mind placing <clears throat> some nicknames on some names to get the story out, okay? Well, but the and thing You is, guys are welcome to drop all the names you want. I have no problem with that. Okay, well, the top, or, um, anyway, but Netflix, so they ended up, because they got sued, they ended up making this I Care A Lot. And I mean, it's a little Hollywood-ish, but the, the premise, the predatory practice, the perfect crime, we call it. Because, the, you know, the pretty little blonde, she's the one that, um, oh, we have another cherry. And who's she talking to? But the director of the, of the nursing home. So that's the thing. They're, they're they all the cherry. So the cherry, they describe a cherry as um, no family, no next of kin. Right. Third party guardian is a slip-in. It's a shoe-in. I mean, go ahead. Yep. No problem. And then, you know, she, and then, then she's, got, shows up. she's got a whole wall of their photos. Yeah, like yeah. 45 wards. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! And, no, and then the attorney comes in. Look right. at Ted's situation: sixty-five thousand dollars. And so, is was Judy on uh, assistance? Yes. Okay. So now my mom made eleven $1 hundred dollars a month. She or made seven. Sorry, seven. My mom made seventeen. So she. So seventeen ten a month. Okay. So we're looking at what thirteen thousand or something like that a year. And this guy made five times what she makes in a year off of her. Off of her, right? And now that's just one. Stop. That's just one. <laughs> Ward, right? And right. how many wards do you think that guy's taking over right. Right. and running right now? Sixty-five thousand dollars. My guy got my guardian. I laid him. Got seven grand out of no, actually six thousand. How that's how do you not, get that? Well, we, we have to get the invoice on that guardian and light up because we don't have it quite yet. It was yet. six for one and a thousand for another. Well, we'll we'll double check yeah. that. We'll verify that. But let me go back. So basically, you, you guys are getting the gist that we don't like attorneys here, and it's not that we don't like them, but it's like Amanda said, we want you to do your job. Be a crooked. Right. So okay. So can you guys afford these services for probate? What do you guys do? Oh, not even close to it. What no. do you do? <laughs> no, I had to turn in my truck to to get the attorney. That I got. I got a mortgage pink slip. Yeah. Because I have to pay for I have to pay the and where I have to pay do you for transcripts work? and now I have to pay for oh, yeah. mediation. Now we um, you know, the lawyer's money's already done. I'm not gonna pay I'm not every lawyer we've called around, thirty five hundred dollar they want a retainer. And guess how much it is just for a counsel for the for the good ones, because the free ones obviously didn't come through. Three hundred dollars well, for an hour counsel. You should Ray pay dropped, me. <laughs> Ray dropped you guys the link to legal shield in the chat. Oh, thank you. Um, so you can at least, I, I'm not saying, you know, at least look into it. 
Yeah, um, I would love so, to hear. So, some of the podcasters that we watch, they uh, they talk about the about Legal Shield and they use it. So well, one of the things we want to do is, especially with this Rick Black, because um, shout out to Rick Black. Yeah, honestly, he was Casey Kasem. We grew up watching Say by the Bell, which and then we listened to Casey Kasem on the radio. So when I saw something about, I don't know how I came across it, but I was Googling, you know, rights to visitation. And then I saw the Illinois law. And then all of a sudden I see Casey Kasem's name, which is familiar to me. And I'm like, Ooh, what's this? And honestly, I had known about the Casey Kasem situation for a few months after this, I learned. And I just randomly two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I said, they, they've got to have a phone number or something. So I look up Kasem foundation and I look up the phone number and I leave a voicemail on a whim, like, hey, I'm out across the country, but I don't know if you can help me, but this is my story. And then the voicemail cut me off and I'm like, okay, well, it's a lot. And then Rick Black called me back and and he's a very to the point person. Um, not that he belittled me or anything, but I kind of, he just well, assumed I didn't doors. know a lot about the law and stuff yet. So um, he just took my info and next thing you know, I'm getting the email from Jody here and I, I think I think God every day since that day that I mean even, even I know she can't go and represent me and I know that oh but I can go represent me and, but you know I feel like I feel ten times better with people like Jody next to me than I did my eighteen thousand dollar lawyer yes well and that's the problem because Great. what happened you know what, yeah Ted the same thing but what happened is that um it's a the she book, she won't even let me get her anything i want to buy her stuff she well that's me because <laughs> I, you know i've already you know we're all, we're our family's out I, i'm a felon i spent 60 on my on my case because they threw me in jail because i was a whistleblower but i'm a real estate agent by nature this is nothing more than a real estate transaction families fight when they buy a home i want this house do i want that house i want a basement i don't so we're used to mediating family and you make sure everybody gets along we don't get paid though until until they are happy people so to go into court with my husband back in 2018 and and i you know they would they would go first you know and because our cases were always last so i was like and i'd run up to these people who are you what, what's going on <laughs> so they didn't really know who i was but i was getting education and then I, I i knew exactly what to do because i'm a realtor i went right to the files and i started looking up the stuff and calling people and they would answer this is the lord because she even the one girl i had she goes I would have never picked up the phone, but the Lord told me to answer. So her story and my husband's story, she had a, a, a tree farm. We had a winery. We both are over a million dollar cases. We are in the same county. Guess what? Because we got too close to the fire, they took it out on me. And they kept warning me, Jody, they're going to come after you. They're going to come after you. And I felt like pretty powerful because I thought I was right. I thought I had the laws. And guess what? No, it's very corrupt. And they um, are, they're not going to fix us. So even these lawyers, if we don't um, teach them how it's going to be, they're going to continue this predatory practice. And not even teach them, <clears throat> stop them from doing what they're already doing. And because, this is my clan right here. <laughs> you, know, so. you know, it's sad to me that, you know, and giving an example of even the judge treating me now that I'm pro se, not treating me as, as a client still, not letting me object, not letting me respond. And it's like, she goes, you are not a lawyer, Miss Wind. And, I, and I'm like, but I have the law. <laughs> you know? I'm going, but it, it says I can do this. Can you show me where it says you can tell me not to do right. this? Our constitutional rights like, you know. You know, I mean, if, if things are written for us to follow, then let's all do that. Well, here, I'm going <laughs> to blow everybody's mind. 
So fast forward, we go into the front of the judge in June. And the judge orders that my mom is to have access to all four of her children. <laughs> June order. June, oh, June, June, June 27th, she wrote the order. It was a disposition order public to the, uh, published to the public case access. And for, what, six months? Now, three months my lawyer was still my lawyer. And for three months after he wasn't our lawyer anymore, we're asking him, where is this order? Where is this order? Where is this order? The judge said she was doing this order. Uh, not yet, not yet, which that's what I was doing till 7.30 this morning is putting it all in order. And, I, and I'm reading them. We asked him seven times where this order was after it was already in the public access, which True. I didn't. $18,000 she paid for that. $18,000. So mind you, back in, when I used to help my lawyer friend do paralegal work, um, I, you know, public case access was there, but it didn't have imaging and things like that. So, so nowhere in my mind was I thinking I could see these orders and access them without going down to the courts. And he, I had already found it by the time I well, emailed this him. late. By the time I emailed him in, in November. And I said, here, John, and I sent him this picture of this order that says, and I think I might have one of them here. Um, full access here's one of them. Yeah, I have like I have my whole stack over there, but I and I send him this July one, and I send him the June one that both say we have access to our mother. Where did you find that? I have the email. The, the eighteen thousand dollar time, and I say back to him, I, I say, well, it's funny that I found it, but two lawyers, you and Miss Olette, and the judge all missed this. You so know, where my, is my three hundred and seventy-five dollars back for the hour that it took me to find this? <laughs> oh no, you can't right. charge. He can charge. No, I'm, I'm three, at least three seventy-five. <laughs> so my point is, is so June first, she uh, gives us this access. You know, with this never once that you know. nobody knows where this order is. So in the meantime, we're trying to call, make appointments to see my mom with her guardians. Because we know what she ordered for the bench. Because we heard her on the bench. With our own two ears. We had four ears. We actually had like 20 sets of ears at this court hearing. You know, they so we all file an objection. the same thing. So we file an objection. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. So, so why? So then July comes. Our attorney uh, does, a, objection he does an objection hearing. Then we go in front of him and he's telling the judge, no, your honor. Okay, I transcripts. bought the transcripts. We show transcripts. We show her the transcripts. No, judge. You ordered this in June. Here is your words verbatim. And she says in July, well, I'm going to read them myself. That sounds about right, but I'm going to read them myself and I'll put it in, uh, I'll put the order in, I'll put the order in 18th. by the 18th, three months later. Do we got an order? Do we got an and order? And that's this order and that we she still put in. haven't been able to see my mother. So after the judge had ordered June, we have access to my mother. Now, mind you, she gets this order, which is, you know, just a standard order of objection hearing results. And at the very bottom, in number 11, little baby words, it is further ordered that there are no restrictions on Amanda Wynn and Melanie Lawson making phone calls to Nancy. And this order as well, he doesn't see it either. And Miss Olette doesn't see it, but and she claims she doesn't see it. He emails back and forth to Olette, do you see an order? Did you get an order? No, no, no. So we go back to court just a few weeks ago, and Miss Olette's holding this piece of paper. Oh, you mean the one that you didn't know about? The one that now you want to bring up and say, this is, no, Your Honor, you only ordered phone access. $18,000 yeah. in six months without seeing their mother. So then, yeah. Goes to jail yeah. for, uh, what, uh, 21 days and 90 days. 
because he wants to talk to Judy because Judy's blowing up his phone. I mean, this is what we're dealing I'm with. I'm confused on that. And I had a question about Go that ahead. PPO because I have a question. No contact. I, it, was a no con it was a no contact from an order of judge. Okay. But there was when, no evidence you're hearing. When I, so right. I had an abuse of ex. No, no. What, we're but gonna, I yeah. mean, but yeah. I, I had an abuse of ex and we had a PPO, like a no contact. Yeah. Right. But I did what Judy did and did call him. And then when I went to court, it was dissolved because I made contact myself. Well, so what I'm confused about is because she's a vulnerable adult. She's under a guardian. She can't think straight, but she can think. Nancy and Judy, like I said, so sad. No one's listening to her. Right. And oh, and, and okay, wait. No one's listening to called, you. She called his office numerous times and said, you're fired. I don't want you to be my guardian. Well, let's, you know, and, and just to jump to where, where they don't have a voice, and I want you all to know this, and I'm going to read it verbatim of, of the uh, section 700-5306, subsection 3. If a court finds by clear and convincing evidence that an individual is incapacitated and lacks the capacity to do some, but not all, of the tasks necessary to care for him or herself, the courts may appoint a limited guardian to provide guardianship services to the individual, but the court shall not appoint a full guardian. You want to know how many people in the state of Michigan have a limited guardian? Oh, yeah. There's about no, there's three about three percent of cases yeah. that have a guardian that have limits on the guardian. So once you can't wipe your own butt, you're done. But here's Mike Tyson. How many TBIs does Mike Tyson have? And who's who's taking over for him? Right. Nobody. Because he has rights. And if, if one day, he, if he's too baffled to spend his own money right, then someone will take it. But if, guess what that's called? Limited guardianship. Limited conservatorship. And no one cares about limits. But then the law states that an individual has the right to be deemed on a level of capacity. This is incompetency where my mom's standing trial in a criminal court, whether she's competent or not to stand trial. This capacity exam should not be an IME by then whoever it was. An IME, no, I want a MacArthur cat. I want the HQT uh, scans and tests that are listed. There's seven of them listed that's recognized in the court in the state of Michigan in courtrooms of a capacity, not competency test. Well, and that's the key because you guys have a doctor and he had a doctor. And they're one-page reports. And this, just, you this know, report is yeah. ha majority of this report. Report is what me and Melanie and my two other sisters said to this doctor. Right. It wasn't even about. And, and my biggest thing is both of them have a medical team. Where's the medical team? And then I love when they you made a you started like kind of attacking your sister, and the judge goes, "Stop! You're doing a character assassination." And but then, but before that, all the times that they were talking about- But they're about calling me a drug addict, and I split my mom a gummy, and, and yeah. I'm, a, I'm a habitual drug user. Right. All that's on the record. I have my first transcript from March. The judge spent 35 minutes talking to me about drug use allegations for my sister, and then turns around and tells me that I'm not allowed to say that my sister is abusing my mom. Right. When I have recordings of my one sister saying, I should take you over my knee, mom. You want to choose Lisa? over us over your grandkids right. you want lisa in your life undue influence and i have my yeah. sister on recording saying if you're deemed competent mom i'm signing off as being your daughter that's undue influence and and this is the thing that judge it makes my skin crawl when i i had my, head, my friend listening to him with me because you know one i don't like hearing my myself talk so i'm sorry what you've uh well, how many listeners i'm sorry guys <laughs> no no it's fine no no worries i don't have the graceful, graceful voice that i'd like like my sister melanie here but i'm telling you these people aren't hearing me and if they don't want to hear my voice then they're going to do what's right because then i'll shut up right. i'll tell you what you do what's right and then you do what's right for everybody else after me then i'll shut up 
But one thing Miss Olette doesn't realize, my sister's attorney, is every day for the rest of her career, I'm going to have something on her desk because she did do this. She need, they need she to did this to my right. family and because she, it's, she did not want to keep us, our family together. She had no point, no, no at all motivation to figure out a resolution to keep us together. Because she, literally, I'm 40 years old. I, we're four girls, okay? Not only did we never, like, actually throw and break, break blood on each other, we've never fist fought like that. Except for that one time, me and her. <laughs> but they can talk. <laughs> but, uh, we had, you know, but I'm telling you, we never never got fought over a boyfriend. We spent every Christmas together. I don't have kids, but I was at every birthday party of all my nieces and nephews. I mean, it wasn't like when people say at first, why is this happening? And they automatically assume it's sibling rivalry. We never had well, that. Well, and you know what the judge said this that this year? We came from an abusive uh, dad, to and we were together. Fostering and nurturing. Yeah, no one wanted relationships. All they did was say, oh, you said she does this? Oh, she's got to go. Right. And that thing, they never fostered and did any fostering and nurturing for Ted and Judy or, you know, and, and that's the thing, they purposely find something to argue with. Yeah. And I do want Ted... Tell, there was three things that happened to Judy at that nursing home, and then all of a sudden, Gillison wanted to buy someone lunch. Tell them that story about the wrists and the sexual thing. Well, yeah, the one one time she got taken to the psych ward because she he said that she was having behavioral problems the night before. Oh, behavioral. Now, it was just a coincidence because she had made an appointment to see her own neurological doctor the the day before. She ended up back at the psych ward. They wanted one they could influence. So I, the doctor called me from there and asked me, you know, my relationship to her. And I and I told him, you know, I've, I've known her my whole life and we've been living together for over, you know, 10 years now. And and I said, am I, am I able to come up and see her? And he said, well, I don't have no problem with that. So I went up there. And uh, when I went there, she had strap marks on her wrist from mm -hmm. where they had restrained her. And, and... At that point, uh, a nurse that came in, a security came in, actually, and told me that I had to leave. So there I am getting kicked out of the hospital for a second time. And uh, that He took pictures of it. That was a good, I took, good idea. I took pictures of her wrist. And that day was the day I started to hire an attorney. So I went straight from the hospital to an attorney's office, and I gave him the retainer fee to try to help me with this situation. You know, and, and like I said, that was at that end. He ended up quitting on me, actually, because I, I think he knew what he was getting into. And, and he was actually a compassionate attorney that really didn't want to take no more of my money because he knew he wasn't going to win. And that's what's sad is, and when you call William Booth Legal Clinic and all these legal aids and all these pro bonos, you know the one case, the one type of case they don't do? Probate. <laughs> and then, then you get yeah. the chief judge on there saying, oh, we've... Even though we're still virtual courtroom, we're going to have people there so you can come and do your filings in person and you can talk to the court clerk. Right. And then you go down there and they're like, oh, we don't do that for probate though. Right. All probate's e-file. So then you get the chief judge on an interview with Heather on Channel 7 out here saying, oh, we're definitely going to be opening it up. Because guess what? They're doing an interview about probate court case. He promises that he's going to have a little desk set up, Right. That desk, you don't get to talk about probate. That desk, you don't get to file probate. It's all e-file. Then when you go on their website and then you email the court, they give you at the bottom the little auto response that the court, the courthouse is closed to the public. All <laughs> filings are e-file. So what is it? So you just 
You don't need to have any protocol or policy. What is this? This is such, it's not organized chaos. It's just chaos. <laughs> well, and that's it's corruption. Okay. It's corruption and chaos and, and everyone. And like I said, I'm going to go back to it. Who's auditing these judges? Who's taking a caseload and going, oh, look at all this crap that's done wrong. Who is auditing these cases? Because I'll tell you what, um, I know plenty of people that got audited by the IRS and they didn't even do anything wrong. They made $13,000 and forgot to do this or that. Where's these audits? Well, and I Because I promise you, the, the unemployment rate in America, there's people that will take that job. There's people that are educated to do that job. But guess what? Nobody cares. Well, and you guys let's be secret shoppers to go and well, secret shop at Taco Bell so right. this fourteen-year-old can right. lose his job. Right. Yes, I'm just a manager at a pizza place. I couldn't afford an eighteen thousand dollar attorney. By the grace of God, right. I got that money. And you know, supervised. Your income should not affect your. This is, this is where I wanted to go with this. So in June, we get the order from the judge that says we're supposed to see mom. July, the judge thought that she needed to put more words in and say that we could have phone access. Still no orders, though. Just this two-page. So we just have those two orders. And then we get swindled to go to mediation. And while we're (laughs) in mediation, their attorney. Mediation that costs uh, $1,200. Another another $1,200. Another $1,200. For four hours. The mediator convinces us that now we need to have supervised visits with my mom going against what the order said. And now, when I, I get to spend an hour a week with my mother, and we have to pay for and that. we have to pay eighty bucks. So you know the court. The, 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 have you ever heard of such? A wait, thing? while the other two sisters are unrestricted for free, even though we and have no limit, even though we have abuse um, proof of of, of them being yeah. You know, so then the judge's job, uh, you know, federally in general, a judge's job is to mediate these things, and then state of Michigan and especially Wayne County gets so backed up. And I learned this when I was doing paralegal stuff in my twenties. They once this I was doing the work when it was just the judge and you'd have to sit there for four, six hours and adjourn so you can continue because there were no mediators then. Sometimes you go to a referee and a referee is more like spend more a little more time with you. But I'm telling you what, once this mediator started coming into effect, it was when I got um I was married at the time and we were going through it with his kid's mom. And that was the first year they started doing mediation in 2006. My court date was 666. Oh. And and we were all co-parenting and stuff, but the state of Michigan made us go to court right. because because, because she had him on her, like, because she had assistance, state assistance. So automatically this court date is set and we had to go to court and we were all ready. We had, we had it ready to be filed. We didn't have attorneys. We were ready to go in and say, look, this is what we want. We're going to split the kids, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh the, the, here, no, like, we're going to go to mediation. And so I warned my attorney at the time. And I told Josh, well, it was our my attorney that was Family drawing it up. The attorney is probably yeah. the same. So they were just I mean, drawing it up. And they still wanted us to go to mediation. Right. And I warned everybody. I said, that cost $300. I think it was at the time it was $150. I said, it's $150 an hour to for someone to do the judge's job. Right. To do the judge's. So that we pay the judge we makes a ruling on, on uh, a family that she knows nothing about. Because she sent her to a they, she sent us to a third party to learn the story. And guess what? This third party could be a civil mediator like Jody, or it could be the lawyer like we went to Katie. And I mean, where well, what you, are the credentials there? I mean, Katie's a lawyer. Where isn't she like Jody went through civil mediating to to learn about mediation? 
I didn't. I still. I have no credentials with her. Yeah, and this family. I have no current credentials <laughs> right. in the 80s besides the fact that she's a lawyer. Right, that's it. What are her credentials besides being a lawyer? She, I don't. I never. They never even gave me anything saying that she was licensed to do this. Kind and of they thing. won't let me get on the little list because I'm not a lawyer. So they wouldn't have known that I was a civil mediator. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, the judge is wanting. I'm doing it for free, and and, and I even tell both of them. I don't want to. I don't want to hear anything bad about Tiffany. I don't want to hear anything bad about Debbie, his sister-in-law. I mean, again. I need to hear both sides because really, I already see the scam. It's really not so much the family, it's but they the need one family member to be the nefarious, nefarious family member because once they attach to the nefarious family member, now they really can't get sued because they're going to blame everything on, on the family, family member. Yeah. And next week, on top of Ted going to court the same day, my husband's family is going to court, and David, my brother-in-law, the one with the one point eight million. He's going to court. We're going to find out if he's getting bounded up to circuit court because enough evidence has been submitted. But we don't really, I mean, David's an ass. I'm sorry. We're not supposed to swear, but I mean, I, I but it's you not. Can, really hey, this is Saturday Night Anarchy. You can swear <laughs> all you want. Yeah, we don't fucking care if you swear or not. Yeah, we don't. David was not the only one going down. We believe that it's really, David was misled. He took the bite of the apple. And so, um, wow, there's a red light. There's an ambulance outside my front door. So, um, yeah, we're going to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, we had a really bad snowstorm here. In oh, Michigan. yeah, someone's coming next door. Uh-oh, something's going on. Oh, great right. the street. Okay. Two houses down. Did you guys have any questions at all? I mean, I know we've been, like, bombarding Whew. you with the talking. What, what, no, 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 no. Um, well, well, I just want to <laughs> say that, you know, through my experience through the courts, because I am an ex-felon, too, um, I, I learned that, uh, the judge, the prosecutor and, and my attorney are going into the room and they're stroking each other off, oh, yeah. telling each other, that, telling each other, figuring out how they're going to screw me over. Yep. Okay. And that's exactly what happens. Um, the last time I was in prison, I was, I got a, um, uh, my grand, one of my grandparents had, well, actually both of them had died. And they had left me some money. Well, they had left my mom money, and uh, she had passed. So, me and my sister got got the money. Right. Um, well, one day I get a, I, I'm you know hanging out in my cell or whatever, and I get this. Uh, hey, you have a visit, and I'm like, okay. So I go go to the visit. It's my lawyer, and he proceeds to tell me that he can get he can get uh, all these charges take off when I get out, um, if if I pay him. So I, I, right away, I know he knows that I got money coming to me when oh I get out. Yeah, and basically, I, I basically told the dude to fuck off. So um, that's where it ended. I knew he was trying to scam me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, these lawyers and, and prosecutors and whoever's involved in the court systems, they're all scumbags. They're yeah. all trying to get your money. Let me um, that's that's the game. My mom, they took my mom's house from the time we filed in court in... February. They took my mom's house in technically May. Okay. Four months, what, three months. It's sold in June. So let me, let me give you another side story. Let's mirror this story with my in-laws. My, my guy's parents passed away within a month of each other. Okay. In 2022. What, during all this with my mom, we lose his parents. We just now sold their house. They aren't even alive. And it took almost two years to take a house from nobody, but it took right. six 
weeks to take a house from my mother. And both of these ladies That's wanted to living. Keep home. Yeah. A living person, they took her assets, convinced my sisters to break down her assets and turn it over a bond to the state of Michigan. And here we are, Carl's parents paid off their condo. They owned their villa outright, you know, and, and retired. And it's still too and, and, and yeah. So they don't have any debt. There's no debt, no nothing. And now this is in Nevada, of course. Two years to take a house that belonged to no one that was living six weeks to take it from a woman that wanted to return to it. Well, Judy's house sold within a, in a couple of days. And they're both yeah. probate cases. Right. They're both probate cases. Right. Well, three counties. We wanted to yeah. sell that condo in, in, in the villa. We want to sell, sell their villa in three months. And they told us, you got to slow down now. Right. Because we got to figure out a way of what we're going to make the most money off of this. Right. And this is with affidavits of everyone, all the kids, everyone, it, all interest parties signed off. Like, nope, we're all good with breaking it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. And... Uh, I I have a question. When you guys go into court, are you um, giving a copy of your documents to the registrar of the court? You know, that is something we now in Wayne County with probate, you have to e-file everything. And um, so you have to put it into a petition form. So I can't just say, when I sent the judge like copies of like, um, without it being obviously in a petition and labeled as an exhibit and introduced as an exhibit in a petition, they will email you back an auto response. This is not how you contact the court. But they're so also what's funny is so when I present it on on like if we like when we were presenting in court and the um, judge wanted to see our transcripts, you can email it right to her clerk with permission. But if you do it without permission, they give you an auto response that it's being but thrown. But just in the so trash. you know, though, okay, being a realtor for forty years, there's a thing called a purchase agreement, and then there's like protocol. You know, you have a home inspection, they have to talk to the lender, you have to talk to the title company. It's simple. You know, it's protocol. Probate court's no different. It's really a transactional uh, paperwork. And and because we've been doing this, these websites are much more user-friendly. Our group, you know, we've gone to the Supreme Courts because the Supreme so Court actually, confidential stuff is getting the exposed. Supreme Court is in charge of um, the lawyers. And then they're in charge of also the courts. So we were able to speak to, um, it was called the 2019 listening tour. And we were able to, all the people throughout all of Michigan was eight, we were able to go and complain. So there was 1200 people, you know, it was like 12 different locations, tons of people. We had a bunch of them in between me going to jail for a month, but and I recorded everything and we started to see change. So I do believe that overall, I think things are changing because it's not, it's not a, um, uh, a blind system anymore. They know we're catching yeah. on to this. Ted and, and Amanda and Melanie, unbelievably smart because that's why I like working for them because one, they're not lying to me. Yeah. And if I catch them lying, I'm done with them. And I won't let them talk bad about their loved ones. And then they've all given me, this is what's so beautiful. He goes to jail. I pick, I call him up, you know, he calls me out of jail. And I said, Ted, I need your phone. And he lets me have his phone. Now he's only known me for like three weeks. So I go to the jailhouse, I pick up his phone. Okay, I'm a chick now. Okay, no girlfriends, no nudes, nothing. You and then search history. Come on, look at what they. And then I'm going. Okay, and then check. his friends are in the call. You know, his phone was ringing. Hey, Judy, so and so. You know, a cousin called, a couple of friends called. So I would call him back to let them know what happened to him. And they said really nice things about him. So again, because I help people and I don't know, so I'm no different than maybe Teresa Ouellette. Right. Or no, Terrence Gilson. So different. But don't the difference that. was is that 
I'm not trying to divide them. I am actually trying to figure out why um, these attorneys that have a law license and their counselors, which I'm a real estate you know, agent, we're counselors also, we have to work with families to foster and nurture. Why are they not helping? And yeah. we know why. It is the paycheck. So what and well, if we are trying to help, we're also trying to demand reform with um, you know, what they can charge. And you know, they don't like us realtors making six percent and they're all mad about that and they're going down on us realtors for making six percent. Yeah, we're starting to make what twenty four percent. Well we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna continue to fight. So as far as um you know the he our, know our website exactly. our websites are really much better. Um Wayne County does allow us to put our Absolutely. websites our all documents are you can sit at home and update uh, update stuff. So I was able to do their case basically for free. Ted, we have to pay a dollar a page in Macomb County. So it's very hard. And see, I won't work with any of these it's guys. It's different trying to present it at the court hearing, well, like you're saying. Well I, won't work with, okay, well, I won't really work with any of these guys until I have the entire case. So Amanda came over, and um, <laughs> she, you should see her case. Well, but them. yeah, bring it over just to show it. Because that's the thing. It's unbelievable how much paperwork that it costs and Ted, seriously, how much have you spent in copies? And, Tom, and this is not including. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is this is what all this. Do you, know what this is? you know what this says? You know what I made this for? You want to know if I summed it hmm. up into one sentence? I just want to see my mom. That's, right. what That's what this is. Aaron Brockovich style here. <laughs> and, right. and this isn't including the emails. This isn't including all that. This is just transcripts and court things and all that so when like he was asking can you just turn in documents while you're speaking I, this has to all be in digital form and then i have to one i have to be able to actually get the judge let me object and let me let me turn these things into her on the well, record they do that on purpose because they don't want oh. people like you doing what you're doing they don't want me to be educated right and it's like you know i same thing in the last hearing I had the June order saying we had access to my mom because the court clerk mixed up the case numbers. The judge literally told me, we're not here on the guardianship case. We're here on the conservatorship case. But I had the hearing notice it was so that said GAB and she wouldn't let me correct the record, right? Would not let me correct the record. And then as she's trying to find this, um, you know, order, which I don't know if you can see, I got my little tabs there, okay? Right. So I had my little tab, and I knew right where that order was. She pulls the order from the guardianship case that doesn't say that, and this order was filed in the conservatorship case. So she literally says on record, the judge does, I don't see that order, Miss Wynn. I have no idea what you're talking about. So then when I go to say June 20th, I, 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 I didn't ask you a question. <laughs> Your Honor, if you could just look. I'm talking to my court clerk. So Mickey, the court clerk, couldn't find it. So then finally I get the sentence out of my mouth. It's June 27 in the conservatorship case, Your Honor. Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, you're welcome, Your Honor. Because if you would have let me speak, the education, the knowledge I have of my own case, because this is my life, I could have told you where it was 10 minutes ago. You just wasted 10 minutes of my time. The court's time. It sounds to me like you should be the lawyer. Thank you. <laughs> my mom always wanted me to be a lawyer. Or, or or be like Paula Abdul. <laughs> Probably easier to be a lawyer. <laughs> I would love to be a lawyer because, you know, I'm... No reason why you can't do both. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I could be the choreographing lawyer. I could, I could... Well, and this is the bottom line. And this is where, like, I told Amanda, 
and I, again, I'm just a civil mediator, but I have my 40 years of real estate um, experience. To me, I'm like her. Like when I seen her, she's a mini me. I'm like, well, I sent her. What's yeah. funny is I sent her my picture of my caseload, you know, and then she sent me back her picture yeah. of her caseload. Identical. And I see like little like tags on it, and I'm like, I felt so proud of myself because yeah. I'm like. My caseload looks like Jody's caseload. Well, that's the thing, and we don't we don't know each other. But the thing is, is it's not that difficult to do what we're doing. And one of my biggest gripes is our job as taxpayers to learn this. Well, but Teresa Lett, who is we went to court, she learned. They're called officers of the court, so they really should be. Yeah, well, exactly. They are supposed to have a higher standard. And so what my frustration part is, is that why wasn't the attorney, like, like I work with another realtor. So we kind of help each other. We cooperate with each other. And, and then we too. work with a lender and a title company. And at the end of the day, this paperwork has to be 100% correct for the buyer and the seller. Okay. Well, why is it not the same way with these attorneys? Why is that John and, and um, the uh, Teresa, these attorneys, making sure the stuff's filed properly, the transcripts? Oh, you should see, in. Tom, if I sent you my list of errors. So there's actually, so Katie, the mediator, Katie, our mediation agreement, somebody else's case number on it. Then the guardian ad litem, was assigned to, so my sisters started a case and they dropped it in 2022. So that was a guardianship case. So when we started the guardianship case in my mom's name in 23, they kept the 2022 case number, but put GA-B. And then our conservatorship case wasn't filed until 2023. So the only conservatorship case is 2023. Um, the, Mr. Goodwin, our GAL puts on there 2022-whatever-whatever-CA. That case number doesn't exist. I have six different case numbers that don't even exist. That's major error. On these, air, on these documents. And then when I go, I call Mickey on, on um, August 20th. Court I call clerk. the court clerk Mickey after we get out of court with um, Judge Hartsfield. And I said, the judge said there's an order in July. Because I had at that time not seen the June or July orders. I did not know they existed. I said, Mickey, can I please, the judge said she put an order in in July. May I please get a certified copy of that? How do I pay for that? Whatever, whatever. And this is all before I knew I could see images on case access. I thought I would just see the hearing event and stuff. So she said, she charges me $18 for the certified copy. Do you know what she sent me, Tom? A hearing notice for the 2022 guardianship case that was closed. Oh. I have it here. I have it in my. Did she correct it? I had to go call back and tell and come in December when we're getting this new case. And I had to correct and say we have you guys are scheduling a guardianship case that doesn't even it's not even open anymore and it no longer is relevant. Oh, let me correct that, and then sends me um, a redo hearing for an objection to nothing. It's it's real convenient how all these people in the court system, including the judge like to act stupid right, right? let me tell you that oh, well, I, I don't have this paperwork here in front of me yeah you do and i'm gonna take this gentleman's vice uh, here with the awesome this, accent you know this is why I'm, i mentioned i'm gonna go in um my retired attorney that I used to do paralegal work for thank god for him because i do have legal advice but he can't say it for me and right. i'm his little protege he always said that and um but i'm gonna go down to the register's office and correct these actions after after sending an email that hey here's these corrections i need you to do and i'm i expect you to follow up then i'm going to go down there in person 
and all that because these things have to be corrected. I have an objection to the, uh, no, I filed an emergency hearing in the GAB case. Miss Olette filed her objection to my petition and, and they recognized it under the CA case. See, that's confusing. How is know? this? I mean, this isn't, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't even need to read anything to know that's wrong. But it, is but it doesn't make any sense. And if I'm seeing it, why aren't they seeing it? And and, and John made $18,000. So that's the thing. Like, I don't make real estate commissions like that. You know, so if you're making $18,000 for four months worth of work, at the very least, now we are finding they out us 12 that grand these guys do not really know. The attorneys really don't know what they're doing. A lot of, like he even said, Brian's on the slow. He was really kind of a nice guy. He's honest. But he... He really didn't know what he was doing. And I mean, he wants to help Ted. Yeah. Even with um, Cynthia's case, we have attorneys that want to help. I wish there more of that. them. I wish we John would have said, I can't do this case. I mean, because I'm going to tell you how we got John. John is a friend, uh, my mom's friend's boss's friend. Okay. So, you know, um, he heard of all this and said, look, let me help you guys. I, I got a buddy. I got a, I got a buddy of mine, right? He does, he does probate. Now, let me tell the world about difference between probate attorneys they're not always litigators, okay? So when I, after John is gone and he's withdrawn from the case, that's when, because I'm trusting, I'm trusting this is my, this is my friend, this is a friend of the family's recommendation, blah, blah, blah. And so I didn't feel needed to research on him. So then when I get into his law offices stuff, Zorb Law Group, they don't do a lot of litigating because what they do usually is like my in-laws that passed there, no one's objecting, and they draw up that crap, and then it's simple for them, right? Sign here, pay me my twelve thousand yeah, dollars, right? right? So when we go in, and he's making all these promises, when we go in and meet with him for an hour or two, for two hundred and seventy-five dollars an hour, explains to us his rate. Then he explains that um, Nicole, God bless her heart, and Nicole, if you're hearing this somewhere, reach me, girl, I need you. But she she quit. Oh, she quit. paralegal <laughs> no longer is with them, but. The $75 an hour for paralegal. Well, me having the experience, because I was never a paralegal, I just did this work with my friend who's now retired and, and he just helped me so much through my life. I wanted to help him in any way I could. So I do some kind of mediation with his cases. So, um, you know, I'm like, here's my, <laughs> here's all my stuff. And I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Honestly, I did. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you were going to say something though. Well, I was going to say something because at the end of oh, the Oh, I'm sorry. I do remember. And I don't mean to go back. So the paralegal work, I wanted John to be able to be ready because I was preparing my family. I asked them, let's all pitch in on a lawyer in October. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get this done because I said we should file for limited guardianship. My plan, and I even have three papers drawn up. Let's file this limited guardianship. I'm going to file it. Then we're going to get an attorney. So we, And then I'm going to have all the paralegal stuff ready for them so we don't have to pay those rates, right? Right. I want this to be ready for him so he doesn't have to pay a paralegal to do this. So we get in. John doesn't want any of my help. He wants Nicole to do it all. Poor Nicole doesn't have time for it because he's just loading her with caseloads. And it, you know how much they charge me just to pull a FOIA request from an address? $1,200. And you know what? She didn't even get it. Guess what? Cindy got it. Three months later, she's like, I still haven't got the FOIA request for the wellness check you did on your mom. I got it in two hours. Right. Two hours. I said, send me the subpoena, Nicole. She sends me the subpoena. I called the Flat Rock Police. And I said, check your email. Would you like me to come down in person and show you the subpoena? Oh, no. You know what? If you could, just have your lawyer um, email it to us one more time and we'll get it over to her. 
a thousand over a thousand dollars when John should have just let me handle it. But wait a minute, but did you catch this though? See the the flip? Because our policemen are not doing their job, that uh, that department, which is just an agency, we have policing agencies. They're really the sheriffs are supposed to be protecting us. But this policing agency down in this town in Flat Rock cost this family twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, they I had emails back at oh that's again, I was doing my email um, chronological order situation yes. last night. I really was in a rabbit hole time. And people had to pull me away. So right. but well, she, she says, says she yeah. says the the police email back, we have nothing from that address. We don't have there ain't I'm sorry. What? You don't have nothing but I then all of a sudden you do. Why? And where where is guess what? I still had to pay for that. I still had to pay for that. And then the courts granted in March, granted Lisa, my mom's best friend, to be guardian, because that's what we actually petitioned for. We petitioned for Lisa to be guardian and conservator, not even us. Nope, but guess what the courts did? They accidentally sent out paperwork to Lisa saying she was the new conservator. So then my lawyer had to charge us $275 an hour to fix that error with the court. Oh, so I, I told him just leave it. Yeah, just I said, leave it. Damn it, John, just leave it. Let them take us to court and say let, it's not true. Yeah, let Tiffany fight that this isn't true. But see, that thing, and now this attorney isn't really representing. But you them. know, this is where time goes. I have to be honest. Really? <laughs> You're a lawyer. You You're not honest. honest. <laughs> Are you going to be honest here? Do you? Because you know, one thing that he doesn't realize is he wants to protect himself right away when the judge started saying stuff about me and questioning me for forty minutes about my drug use. I said, I want an, I want the Judicial Commission information. I want to know how I do this. And I know I can look it up, but you're a lawyer, so I want to hear it from you. So he sends me a link of how to report judges and how to report. It's what's funny is he also sent me a link of how to report attorneys. And then turns around and throws himself under the bus in these emails about, I didn't see that order, me or my $75 an hour paralegal. <laughs> I don't know where I love and when I read the voice or the email every time I always say, where did you find that? Because he's like a cartoon character. Right. There's the that's the only way this ever could be real and written down is if somebody put it on a damn cartoon show. You know, and it's ridiculous. So let's get Melanie. Did you want to finish? Yes. Yeah. So, so uh back to what I was saying. So Sorry. Uh, it's okay. I love you. <laughs> I, I love you. In the meantime, they tell so now we have no counsel because $18,000, I run a pizza place. I, I can't afford it anymore. We got to let him go. So she hires me and she's doing the dishes so, at home now. So <laughs> we, we hire this, or we are now without counsel. And um, they tell, the judge orders their attorney to, to write the court order that she says in the courtroom. So... She's known for writing blank orders in the past, and you can look it up on the news and everything. Okay, but wait. Let, let it, My question is: Here we are again, blank order. Why is this not the clerk's job to write down what the judge ordered? Because their attorney can write down whatever they like. Yeah. Which is why I have not seen my mother since June first. Exactly. Since because yeah. they ordered their attorney, who has counsel. I'm sorry. Miss Ouellette, can you write up that court order for we me? We have transcript that the judge says, absolutely, your honor. I sure can. Yeah. What does she say in the court transcript? Isn't that a breach of protocol? Are you hearing me? Put pen to paper. And she says, yes, ma'am. But then this last court hearing, both all of us were on the court hearing. And we take really good notes. 
So our we notes were very similar, and we get the court order from Miss Ulette for this this one, and it was nothing compared to the notes that yeah. her and I have. And if we're both taking notes, and of course you can't record anything, yeah. so you know you have to. Thank God I had, I had so many court watchers. I called them all up, like, okay, what did you break down? What did you break down? So then I could get a grasp because I can go off memory. Yes, I get a grasp. But this is again the judge saying leaving, uh, signing pretty much, and leaving blank orders for someone else's job. She does the same thing in the um, in the in the disposition order that she has for the guardian ad litem. She literally has nothing checked, right? And then down here at the bottom, it says guardian ad litem fees should be paid to, and then she signs it and leaves the line for amount blank. Right. I mean blank. And this is off of her mother's estate. So now anyone, even myself. Could write Let's it. Write it could write it in, in there. Let's write ten bucks. Make a copy <laughs> with the judge's signature and 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 falsify this document. And then, so what I'm going to do is, and I, I'm going to do this on Monday. I'm going to ask for a certified copy of that, and I want to see what it really says because on the case access, when you go on public case access, it's still not filled in. It's still that's where I got the document last night. It's still not filled in. Well, this is the problem. Who is supposed to be the oversider? You have the Supreme Court justices that, and by the way, in Michigan, we have um, canons, and in canon one and two is where the public are supposed to be the public scrutiny, and it is our duty to be the watch, the watchman on the wall. So we are the watchman on the wall, but see, we can't record anything. We can't bring cameras in. We can't record. I was at his hearing, and the sheriff comes up and says, are you recording? I'm like, no, you guys are, you know, <laughs> I know. And right. then, if you know, for it to be fair and just, right. If they yeah. Recording, yeah. So and we, can you. we get our transcripts and the, you know, I asked this woman for three months in three months. It took her to get me four five sets of transcripts. Well, four really, cause I expedited one. So I get the expedited one right away. And it, it, there are like words that were missed. And like, you're thinking who would ever say, the bird flew into the trash can or something. I don't know. Like, so she's got some sentences in there that I know weren't said and are, don't make any sense. And cause she's not listening long enough and re-listening. Right. So then I'm thinking, well, that's cause it was expedited. So then I get the other four transcripts and they're just as bad. And how much? She how much? had me, how much she you? had me send her a list of everyone. Cause she said, I don't want to misspell anyone's name. So send me the request of the transcripts with everyone's name. That's on the recording or on the hearing. And, and, you know, anything or any information you might think that might help me understand how to, um, how to spell it. Right. So I gave her this big, long email of everyone's names and, and blah, blah, blah. She's got all these names wrong. Her daughter's name is not, is Kelsey, not Kelly. Then I have it written down. So she's got all these and names yeah, wrong. You're like, they called me uh, Amanda a couple times. They called me speaking. Amanda. They called Tiffany, Angela. Cause but how I mean, much, how first much of all, talking? who are you? My mom, my mom's the only one that can get all of our names wrong. Well, how much, how much did it cost? So I, mean, I the, now this court reporter, right? I, that how I, much were the transcripts? I, oh, I'm getting to it, sissy, because she was supposed to charge me five hundred and fifty dollars, and then then she turns around and says, "Because I expedited the one," and then she said, "And then my balance is supposed to be one twenty-five. She said, "Your balance is estimated to be one twenty-five." For she forgets about me, and then I call her two weeks before court, like, "Hey, did you got these ready yet?" Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, let me let me get them. First of all, she didn't do it. We already know that. So now she did four hearings within two weeks and rushed again. And then she said, your bill, uh, your balance is like 400 and some dollars. I said, no, 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 it's $125. Because I've already, already paid you 
X amount. Um, I told you that would be estimate. I said, you gave me an estimate of 125. You're not going to triple my estimate. Right. You're not going to triple. She's, so then she says, um, just send me 180. I said, I got a hundred bucks. Yeah. I'll send you a hundred bucks right now. And I walked into Bank of America and put it in my money and I'm, and I'm here you go. Cause I had to sell it to her. And I'm well, like, and, and, and then unfortunately I'm using her again. <clears throat> and, and, and because she's cheap you and know cheap as I can get. Is that in Michigan? What we're gonna do as a team, we're gonna 1099 all these bastards. Yeah, I wanna know if they're paying. We wanna know if they're paying income tax. Because th think about it. <laughs> Between the guardian ad litem, the supervised visits, yeah, the I'm selling her, I'm selling her, I'm not giving her an uh yeah, no invoice. Check or, right. She didn't even send me an invoice. Right. I just so gotta ask something. Yeah. Invoicing me, and she's we, not paying and taxes. We wanna, we wanna make sure that we even because this is the thing too, our taxes, you know, you pay a dollar a page. And this is the thing is like, why aren't they ready? Like Wayne County, Macomb and Wayne, we're, we got big cities here. You know, Wayne, Hilton, and Macomb are very, very Monroe is the easiest county ever. I but bottom line is, why are these people, you know, why is he being charged to do something? And then sometimes you get him, when he was an interested party, he'd get them for free. But then, you know, he had to fight because one of the things he also did, want to talk about your claim? Because you did put a claim in. Can yeah. I ask a question, please? Yeah. Yeah, I put a a $40,000 lien on the house to try to slow the guy down from selling the house. Good idea. And he's still going to pay around that. And they still sold the house with the lien, which I never got my 40,000. So he bought the, bought it with his girl, did all the work. And then, you know, so now what? You're stuck going to do a, a oh. personal claim, if, if anything, and then you got to fight through that. And you probably want well, to And that. his credit's ruined because of the eviction. So the poor guy's been out of jail since May and, you know, if any lawyers listening, he needs someone to help him get an eviction off his record because but it was. I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yes. What's a ten ninety nine? Ooh. Okay, so when um you're self-employed, like I'm a realtor, I I get I'm self-employed. You get uh, a ten ninety nine, so that I have to pay my own taxes and I have to pay double the social security. So I have to pay seven. Normally, like if I work for somebody, the employer yeah. will pay um seven and a half percent, and then you pay seven and a half percent in your ten uh W three W W. It's a W two that W2. you get. So, but when you're an employee, but when you're not an employee, you're a subcontractor, which are what lawyers, court reporters, guardian yeah. items. A lot of third party people are um subcontracted, and they're self contracted, and they'll be ten ninety nine. So, like right now, so it's the number of the uh. It's a form. Form. It's the right. name of the form. IRS form. It's an IRS form. Yeah. But yeah, ah. basically, no one, no one has come. Sorry, up I'm, I'm Aussie, so I don't. Well, but this is my case next Wednesday. Uh, my brother-in-law embezzled; they can prove a bill, a million dollars. So uh, instead of really kind of fighting the process, they're saying, "Well, David owes um, state tax." So you know, I mean, I'm really happy that our case got to the attorney general, and we're in court, and everyone's like kind of jealous a little bit. Like, how come they're taking your case? They're not. They're not even seeing. There's. Because everybody is mad. Our group is growing, which they shouldn't be growing, but everybody wants the attorney general to help us. We submitted our stuff back in, it was March of 2019, and Cindy just sent hers in and she was so cute. She goes, Jody, I just sent my stuff in last month. Why isn't Scott, Scott Teeters our head attorney general guy? Why hasn't he gotten back with us? I'm like, Cindy, we sent our, our stuff back in 2019 and we're now in court in 2023. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And I keep telling Scott, because I'll see him again next Wednesday. I said, I'm working for you, dude. I, because yeah. if I, they I delay the these process, guys. And they just keep putting us right, in the Delay, deny, divert. Our mediator oh. for three months has not gotten back to yeah. me. I'm trying to reschedule mediation. 
and now we got a court order to be rescheduled for mediation and still nothing. Yeah. And it's like, hey, look, if you're busy, that's fine. Tell us. So how, how do these judges get appointed? Oh, this okay. judge, this judge that does our case, she was put in there by her good old buddy back in the day. She wasn't even nominated or elected. She or she was nominated by one guy. He retired, nominated her, and now she's like, okay. Hey, and that's what we're actually because I am so pretty. Why can't I? Why can't I vote to see uh, vote on her? Why what is she not elected? Like There's 102 pro weight judges in Michigan, and and most of them never have anybody running against them. So that again, we have what we want to fix. But we want we want options in our probate judges. There's 102 of them in Michigan, and and this is the bottom line. We're stuck with them. And so with Mrs. Hartfield, once they get appointed, well now they're just they're just in. And we've had Freddie Burton, who's her chief judge. He's been there for 20 years. That man doesn't know how to e-file. I'll tell you what. That man is ancient. And I I'm, I'm okay, sorry. Wait a minute. We're old too. So don't, no, don't no, no. He's ancient. He did you see him get up talking to Heather? But my mom's incapacitated and can't do things for herself. You know, Eddie, I'm looking at you. You look a little incapacitated. <laughs> yeah, and we do have Heather Catella. She's from WXYZ News. She really tried to help a lot. And, you know, that's why we're all sitting like this. Because this it's is how time Heather would do it. their robes but down. The bottom someone line, else on, in the chair. The bottom line is that Heather is trying to help. But WXYZ News, they've been sued. And, and again, nobody wants to she, And they it. talk about being sued. Yeah. But they have a whole they have a whole segment on on that they're being sued and they all show they all show the guy their legal rep in court like right trying and to tell them because right, yeah. they were trying to tell them that they couldn't say First this and couldn't right. say that oh yes I can especially Wayne County when they have literally they they uploaded text messages and stuff with people's phone numbers on them and stuff um, what oh but we don't we're we're being pressed down to not speak. And, and have a right to our speech, but then the courts can publish confidential information without redacting. Without it. you know, I mean, back in the day, you go and I go in for my lawyer Tom, and he and they give me my caseload, that public caseload, and it, because I'm Amanda and she's Melanie, her blackouts and whiteouts on their pages will be different because if my information doesn't even cover it for me, but her information does, and vice versa. So that's how you would get. Um, reports and, and copies of this and the poor court clerks I remember sitting there so many times she had to get more white out like she ran out of white out one time and that's because it was a process and this is the old school right these are Freddie you know Freddie Burton and all them and then poor Mickey the court clerk now in their prime and I'm not saying anything about oh you're too old to do this but we all have to be real here with with things one day I'm not going to be able to deliver uh, packages of 200 pounds like I did for FedEx. One day I'm going to not be able to do certain things. And learning new technology, I'm a, I'm a millennial. They call me a millennial, but really I'm a Gen Y. But I'm still learning these things, let alone my poor aunt doesn't even know how to screenshot. Okay, but Not everybody has these things. So why, why are there classes okay, but so Mickey can learn these things? Because poor Mickey probably got like, a little video to watch. So she doesn't know how to correct these things. But, but well, I'm going to stop right there for one second because I've been doing real estate for 40 years. There's no excuse for this incompetence. There isn't an excuse. Negligence. And 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 again, I'm sorry. She's a young kid. I've been doing this for a long time. I, and I do not agree with, with, <laughs> with, with, with we've lost our excellence. 
and the, and the bar bar members have a higher standard and that's the thing if they i don't learn they gotta learn this is i no i'm gonna smack her smack your sister where she <laughs> seriously i want excellent we don't combine yeah. violence on this show we don't i guess you guys come on how hard is it to to do this yeah you're affecting a person's life if you have to you're learn, harming learn. families and this is this what they don't know i don't think these guys understand this is harming our family and friends. And that's why I do it for free because I see how important yeah. it is. And I wish that these attorneys would do something. But well, again, if he wants them to go e-file, then he should have taught them and he should have paid it for resources so they know how to do this. Because if they don't know how to upload, how am I going to trust that my case is dealt with properly if they were never taught the new norm? Because it's not that they... Oh, just burn out on their job. Their jobs completely because of COVID turned digital. Someone that, like my aunt, never screenshot a day in her life. She could not what? sign into Zoom. Now think about it. My aunt was a CNA, a caregiver. And now, right, now, right, you right, right, right. now you see them. Now you see them. They all come in with their little tablet. But my aunt would have had to learn that, right? Where a millennial or someone younger is already knows how to do that. They'll probably teach you better than you know yourself. So where is the resources for the workers of the court to be able to do the job. Okay, and I'm going to go back again. Absolutely not. Hey, what is the in-house training? They got to teach. Well, we have so much tax dollars going out, and, and this is the other thing. They're purposely and intentionally doing crap for her, doing crap for him, because they want to keep yeah. it in chaos, because they can. And so when you come along, and you guys have seen my blue shirts, you know, I've worn these before, the blue shirts have come along, and we're demanding excellence. And any, any type of meeting, we're there. And the Attorney General, the Supreme Court justices, um, we do court witnessing and court watching and stuff like that. And again, they don't really like to see us coming. We're, we all have to, we're going to go on Wednesday to his, um, he has his last one on Wednesday. He lost everything. We're never going to really find Judy, but we're still going to go and show our faces because we're, you know. Because there's other people like Judy out there. And I, <laughs> and I commend you for not giving up on making something happen with this because you, even though you don't have access to her and you may not ever get that, you are doing this for the next person. Well, I'm going to do you're out there. I'm going to well, I'm telling you, I don't know this guy. I just, I just want to help him, but I'm helping him because you know what? You're 58. I'm 60. Judy, this could happen to me. This could happen to her. I mean, any of us, we could sit there and it could happen to us. Could happen to the judges. It could happen to the lawyers. And, and the thing about it. Wouldn't want to catch you know, up to them. It's just, <laughs> it's very frustrating. So anyways, we're almost at the 10 o'clock hour. Did Melanie, did you want to say anything no, else? I, I, I don't think so. Did, did you want to kind of say any? anything real quick? You know, don't give up. Don't give up. If anybody else is out there and thinks that, oh, this, I, I've got to give up. Reach out. Guardian items, do your job. Attorneys, do your job. Quit overcharging these people. And the judges, <laughs> do your job. Like and don't ask the, the big, attorneys the to do their job. job. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Say that way. Wait, the judges need to do their jobs, not ask the attorneys to write okay. their court orders. Right. What did you say? You all need to find the money trail for these judges. That's what you You're need right. to find. No, that's the problem. Right. You know. You know. You're right. And you know, it's that, it's there. If there's money involved, there's a paper trail somewhere. Well, you know what, okay. Tom? And yeah. I so, so hold on a second. I just want to let you all know that most of the judges that uh, so. Um, in, in, in my situation and in and probably Jody's situation is is it's a totally different than probate you know what I mean as far as the lawyers and the court systems go and all that but anyway the judges are invested in the prison industrial complex okay they are making money off this okay which is a conflict of interest so anybody that they've put in prison 
for whatever needs to be let out. See, a lot of people don't know this, but it's just, uh, you know, like the cons learn these little things in the prisons. You know what I mean? So your average individual doesn't know that the judge is making money off of the, the prison everybody systems. Right, right. Yeah. So everybody that dude convicts needs to be let out if he's invested in this in this industrial complex prison. So, you know, I, I can't really say how it works in probate, but if you guys can prove that, then you can let them all know, like, hey, this is a conflict of interest. You guys are, you guys are stealing from us. Perjury is worse, though. And it's a 15-year sentence, and, and this is what Ted just said. We want the lying to stop. If you're going to lie in court, it's perjury. We've got to go back to basic principles, right? I mean, yeah. the slander, what you has happened to your family, it's perjury. Yes, the social worker should go to jail for her lying. And what about the guardian right. litem? First thing, first thing in their duties on the, in the legislature, well, I think it's the second thing, meet with the alleged incapacitated individual in person. Not and on then, the phone. And then everything. So here's subsection one of the guardian ad litem's duties, right? And then all these little things and all that stuff. And they're supposed to present and they're supposed to make a report that they did all these things. And then subsection two says a guardian ad litem shall not be compensated unless these things in subsection one, one have been done. Two have either been reported in writing or on the record in front of the judge. So now COVID is over, not over whatever it's to happen. You know, it, legally it's over. You can't use that as a crutch anymore. So this man calls my mom for 25 minutes. Now, if I read you the petition that I filed, it would be about 20 minutes of me reading it to you because I have 18 exhibits. Right. So let alone to a person that has a brain injury, right? He read her all of those things. She understood them. Oh, of course. And then in his report, he says, I met with Miss Good, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes down into the individual things. He never met her. He puts in writing during our telephone conversation. Right. Miss Good says this. Nowhere in there does he state that he gave her the right to be at the hearing. And that right there, I don't even have to go into the seven other things he did wrong. That right there makes him ineligible to be compensated from my mother's estate. You didn't do that, Mr. Goodwin. And then you take, and I'd love to send it to you, Tom. I did a side-by-side -side of March and June, verbatim, every word the same. Every and what's so funny is in June he did that. She wasn't even at the same nursing home anymore, and he didn't even update that. He never went and talked and, to her. And this and this, this last year. Then this last one, he gets a new one, and he goes, "Miss Good is at another facility. Doesn't even know where but my mother is." And the judge says, "Oh, pay. Let the county yeah. taxpayers pay yeah. the guardian ad litem. The county." And taxpayers. You know, what they did was they didn't leave. They stopped everything going into GA. Okay. Now everything's in CA. So I asked Miss Golette, I asked her, I said, why are you why are you fighting me on pushing this over to the guardian case when you know this is a guardian issue? I'm not objecting to anything uh, financial here or or Angela's financial duties right now. Are you keep and I question her, are you keeping this in the CA case because you're trying to eventually get paid out of my mother's estate? Because are you being paid out? And if you are, I'd love an invoice. Right. Because why there's no Clyde was done. He was dismissed in June, the guardian ad litem. Now he 
I put in my petition that I want them to assign GAB. I want them to assign a guardian ad litem, and I want that guardian ad litem to go in person and meet with my mom. She signs the guardian ad litem to both cases, and he goes and makes a report on the conservatorship case just so he could dip into it. Well, you know what, Clyde? I'd rather pay you the thousand, and I'm not gonna. But how dare you assume my mother needs to pay you that when I'm the one who filed this petition? And he could have easily asked the judge, well, judge, I don't want to take from the ward's estate. And she's the one who brought up this petition. Isn't it only fair? Maybe I pay half. He doesn't care. He knows the money's there. He doesn't know how much money I got in my bank account. So he knows the money's there. And that's where he wants to grab it. Well, they and I'll, be, I'll be damned. You should have seen. I was doing this stuff like Aaron Brockovich 2.0. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I, I see, kind of see why they're so expensive. <laughs> but if you're so expensive and you're doing all that hard work, don't you want to be for something good at the end of the day right. and not just a paycheck? Because, you know, my boss used to pay me 120 a day uh, to deliver my packages on a bulk route. And I, I, no matter what, I'm getting 120, whether I delivered them all or not. Oh, I couldn't get to the house. There was snow, blah, blah, blah. I could say all that stuff. You know how accomplished I felt every day, especially being a female and walking into that terminal with an empty truck? You know, you should take pride in what you do. And if you don't, then you need to do something else because life's too short to hate what you're doing for a living. And I want attorneys to up their, up their bar, up their game. You know, you want to do it. You want to be. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's and, not and all again, cracked up to be, huh? Well, and, <laughs> that's, well the, that's main, they find the out. main thing is, you guys, it's not that hard. I mean, if I could talk to every attorney out there that has never done probate, you know, get to know these families. Don't be biased. Listen to them all. You know, I want to talk to the two other sisters. Um, I wanted to talk to Nancy. I wanted to talk to her son. Yeah, expect um, I, I gave I gave um, her the Judy's son a package of everything. I got it. It came back. He didn't want to read it. So this is the thing. Somebody is out there not fostering and nurturing. Hey, you think Scott Teeter's going to want to read this? I'm ready. For yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, come on, you haven't done much. He's been four times been around all Sorry. these women. What do you got? Anything else? Because you want the line to stop. We right? didn't put him yeah. in the middle. We went to the line to stop, the slandering to stop. I mean, it was, it was so bad, the slander that this guy said about me made it into the local newspaper. Right. And, he was and where's the defamation for that? He, yeah, he, I mean. He, oh, tell me what you are. He, I mean, he called me a professional gigolo. What? Well, I'm uh, you in the middle. I, I think Damn, I'd place. wear that badge with honor. That one. <laughs> you know, I mean, who's the gigolo exactly? You know. Well, uh, so the judge said that. The the, the guardian said that. And oh, okay. That's I mean, slander. Yeah, yeah. That, that is literally slander. What'd you guys say? That's slander. That's what Ray just said. You know, yeah. I, we have so much defamation right. between our, our two cases, um, you know, and of course that takes, you can go to small claims without a lawyer and fight all that. And then you're doing it all solo again, you know, or then you go get a lawyer. And honestly, at this point, I was telling Ju Jody this the other day, I would just for principle, I want to do it against my sister for saying those things about me. And now it's in a public case access that people can see that I am accused of being a habitual drug user. And then someone making a report that I am, these things are all against me. Well, you know what? I'll glad I'll gladly get an attorney and go big and say ten grand or whatever. And that attorney, keep it, keep it, do it for yourself then, because you're greedy anyways. I'm doing it for principle. Keep right. the ten grand. Sue my sister who makes ninety five dollars an hour over at the hospital, and my brother in law that makes five hundred thousand dollars in the last three years off of marijuana and probably doesn't pay taxes on it. You know, <laughs> so come on, let's do it. Take the money, 
If there's any lawyers out there listening, come here. Come here. You can have all the money you want to get out of my sister. I don't want a damn dime. I want the principal. I want the principal held up. That you don't say stuff like that. And you don't get to be recognized on the record as being correct when you have nothing to prove. Let me Give me a drug test. I even asked the judge to give me a damn drug test. So then it can be on the record. Right. So you made a good point. Though. Take this, a hair if you want. Everybody, this is Amanda Wind, and she's from Dearborn. And then we have Melanie Lawson, also from Dearborn. We run the Hungry Howies in River And Ted Scarborough <laughs> is um, living in Westside, but he is really more a Macomb County, Clinton Township person and went to school in Warren. And then my name is Jody White, and I live in Livonia, and I am, have this Michigan Probate Services at gmail.com. So if anybody has any questions, want to meet up, would love to help any of these people. We are trying to get a team of people that want to raise the bar to make the world a better place. And I just someone else did it in the past several times. None of these things that these laws that do work and and do help people, they were in place because people like us did something about it. So we have to change it. You know, and you can't stop because if you my friend Penny, oh, I don't care about what they did to me with her her CPS case and stuff. And I'm going, she goes, I hope you know. I've tried to do grievances. They don't get you nowhere. And I said, because you gave up. Just because they don't hear me the first three times, even though I'm loud enough to be heard. They don't want to hear me three times, then they're going to hear me the 20th time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a probability and statistics kind of girl. That's why I like to play roulette, okay? Split your zeros, everybody. So I'm just letting you know. Those statistics, <laughs> the probability of being heard are more, the statistic of it being heard is more probable if you keep repeating yourself and keep fighting. If, if Joe don't want to hear me, then Bill don't want to hear me, maybe Sally will. But I'm right. not going to give up till I find a Sally. I'm not. You will not. Like I told, like I said, Miss Olette, I don't know if you're hearing this, but there will always be a piece of paper on your desk with my name on it due to a grievance, due to your misleading, due to your perjury, due to you ruining this family. You thought you were doing a favor for a favor for a friend by taking this case. You just woke up to a new dream, honey, and it's not a fun <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. My mom raised me to be this way. My mom was proud of me. She'd sick me on whoever needed it. I was the brother of four girls because there was no boy. I'm not going to be someone my mother raised me not to be. I'm going to be who she raised me to be. She wanted me to be Well, here I am. Maybe God put me on this path for this. Hallelujah. No. So any possibility. Have any questions because I know you have other things to talk about on your show, and we have taken up a, a couple hours of your time, and we really truly appreciate um you hosting this for us, Tom. No worries. Vance, you have any questions or Ray? I got one question. Um, do you ever thought that maybe you guys might be surveilled by a private investigator? I have I you know what's funny is think about it every day. But I don't think they've ever did any private investigating on me because that's why she sent the cops to my house. So what you guys would want? I would want one. Okay, for one lady, I would love it. one lady next, she, she calls herself Christina Brakovich out of here in Livonia. She did hire a private investigator, cost her like $7,500, and she was able to get um, access to her mom and dad, and, and, it, and it did stop. So she did pay it, but then she ended up... Um, <laughs> You know, now she's just going around and she's an investigator now and she wants to charge other people. 
I don't think this is something that we should be charging one another. I think the citizens need to stand up with what we're doing and we need to be doing what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, even if you're doing one case, you like, you know, it's hard to say don't charge, but then just take one case and still have your full-time job of your income, you know, because it's hard when you don't have the income and you can't say, well, I can't work because I'm doing this for free, but there's well, the best the of both worlds. There is the best of both worlds. You know, there's people out there charging you, that much money. Why do you want, why would you think we should have a private investigator? Yeah, give us some words. I was saying maybe they are in, have employed a private one, investigator. What he was trying to say is maybe the courts or the judges or something like that has one watching you guys, yeah, not like, necessarily for like, you, but for them. I walk around naked from here on out. <laughs> well, just so you know, we did have a investigative journalist kind of um, oversee. It's called The Fortress. It's like a 1,500-page it was a report, investigative report. And, you know, that's the thing. They don't like us because we're exposing it. And, you know, are we worried if I'm a Christian, I'm, I know where my eternal home is. I, I don't really want to be gone. My husband, he's in the other room. He'd like me to probably stop doing it. He's like, who's coming over today? But, you know, really, Ted and I, we worked hard to get a fair day in court. And we were so ready and we didn't get it. And, you know, that really devastated me. And then I met Amanda and like, what I like about her is she's a mini me. So I don't have to do as much for her. And I just tell her something and she goes, Oh, I'm on that. So I, I just, I guess at this point, I want to just keep going. We go to legislative meetings and we're trying to get the legislators to change. We're still every time yeah. Scott Teeter, who's the head guy. We want the minutes on the floor. Work. We want minutes on the floor. We want to be heard. Yeah. We're going to keep it up. And, and again, but it's a lot of work and a lot of people can't like Ted, he, he has to take a day off. Can you take a day off on Wednesday? Are you okay? No, I got to find out. Okay. Cause you know, he's got, he's got his last hearing this Wednesday. We're asking him to try to come to my husband's. It's hard. Hearings are like Wednesdays at 8.30 in the morning. And then you're always the last yeah. case. If there's court watchers or court witnesses, we're at the 11 o'clock case. So, you know, you're sitting there, but that's how you're getting smarter. You're They're putting us in these other cases, so we're hearing this stuff. So, I don't know. I'm just praying, seriously praying that the Lord is using all of us for this mission. None of us asked for this, but... You know, we we have our own little probate club or the VIPs. Victims I, I think my biggest thing is the biggest thing I would like to see from out of all of this is that, like that subsection that I read to you, limited limited guardianship. Because if you are limited, that's you can't take away someone's voice. My okay, my, they want to you know. Yeah, but they, they took away your visitation. They won't even let my mom. She, they said that we couldn't. I couldn't even bring my mom a White Castle coffee. Her favorite white coffee is White Castle because she's on a specific diet. My mom can't even say she wants a damn cup of coffee from White Castle because my sister's her guardian. Get over yourself. These laws got to restrict this. They took away my mother's other things. Well. No. And There's so, nothing they'll do with at the end of the day though. Judy um really she was crying out to get out. And she's where's and her she's voice? crying out to get out. Right. And and we did a little right. video. We had like he had like when I when he was off in jail, I took his phone and there was like sixty-six uh voice messages. So I, I made a fifteen minute video and I tried to cut it up. I didn't use all of them, but it's Teddy this and Teddy, and, and they're drunked up a little bit. So and because I heard your mom's voice. They, they sound weak anyways. So they are vulnerable. They're vulnerable people and they're calling their loved ones for help. You got to tell the bowling alley story. You you guys went today and you got to tell we the story. Asked, we went to my mom yesterday. So she yesterday, tells, she tells us, um, tell your dad he has a week. 
to come see me because he hasn't even tried to come see me and I'm not allowed to talk about this, right? <laughs> I'm because I'm ordered not to talk about this. And Jeff and I'm like uh and I look over at the supervisor like uh and she's like and and so Melanie's like let's change the subject and my mom's like no he's the love of my life I need to see him and she's looking right at Ruth my supervisor and she goes tell him to just come see me and I said mom he can't why not I said because they'll make him leave who will make him leave the facility and then she says you tell him to come right through that alley bowling alley door at right, the bowling alley and just come on up they'll never even know and just like, <laughs> mom I like but here's the thing though just so you know that Ted it's my sisters have a video camera in the room so they hear yeah. us so I mean like I yeah, mean yeah. the camera's face in my face I couldn't even do a winky or anything you know and I'm like Mom, next time you? just next time just casually tip the camera over so it oh, falls we, we got in trouble melanie was trying and? to the sewing machine cord and accidentally moved a camera and it was a big old thing but here's the thing though about <laughs> it is ted who he wants to see judy and it's he likes judy wants to see him I but that's the thing that's what i want ted to hear that she wants to see most him important. that's she what i wanted him to hear yeah. that what your mom was saying i'm not saying that your feelings are not valid Right, but the most important is she's my mom wants to see us, her life, and Judy wants to see him. Right, and why are people that are in my mom's situation and in Judy's situation, and there's several others? So, if you have family out there that's in this situation and they don't have a voice that's hurt, I feel bad for these people because they're diminished down to nobody. Yeah, don't print things off the internet like a durable power of attorney. You write up what you want, okay, and you, you take it to a free lawyer. To go ahead and notarize and file that for you. And I'm not Don't leave your stuff waiting no. for your loved ones. Here's the other Just thing. Don't though. do it. And I, and because I'm a little older, I say stay a family, nurture and foster your family. These four girls, they can fight, but for some reason, when I ran for office too, I won my my candidate my uh, primary. I did get this little uppity about me. It was weird. I didn't win my private. I didn't win the general, but there was a sense that I could go in and like kind of beat up judges, which is why I went to jail. <laughs> but I wanted to beat up the judge, but I sassed him, you know. But I, I did have this sense of, well, I won my primary. I can go in there and tell the judge that this is my campaign and stuff like that. Oh, no, you can't. That's what happened to Tiffany and this Gillison. They have this, this false. Um, power with these letters of authority from the probate court and she thinks that my sister thinks that what it seems like to me is she thinks she's the guardian of a minor (laughs) you know and and there's a difference between the laws there's a difference between being a guardian of a minor and a guardian of a now mind you here when i say this of an incapacitated individual that was once fully competent and there's still so there's a difference so like let's say my child is born and with deficiencies and stuff like that he was born that way there's laws to protect all three minors have different types of laws for guardians and then the incapacitated individual that was once competent and then there's adults that were never competent because they were born that way and have this natural deficiency that may or may not allow them to do essential functions for themselves right you know so it's and by the way judy and nancy we're both very competent. Nancy's now in um, an independent living. Which she's okay. in a, honestly, we love the nursing home, but we don't like what's happening. Like their care, their general care. I mean, even look at, I, I looked at the reviews and everything like that. I was so happy she went from a grade F to a grade A minus of the state recognized because I knew that she wouldn't have poop on the toilet and the shower like she did at Applewood. Uh, they didn't even have a towel after we were done washing my mom. They can't, they, 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 they wash full washcloths. Like, I'm sorry. 
They gave us wash rags. Here's to some, get and this is the thing. His girl, 58 years old, is in this facility, and she wanted to go home. She wanted to be with her two dogs. And guess what? She loves Teddy, but doesn't want Teddy to be her guardian. Yeah. No woman wants to have someone over them. Yeah. You know, and so that's the thing is, and Judy, I'm telling you, if you're listening to this in Missouri, because we don't know where you're at, we're doing this because, like I said, there's a Your better be there's a there's a better way to do all of this. And what and Gillison did, there. and Sandra Harrison, by the way, yeah. is the judge that um, you know. And what's funny is the, the laws are already written there. Right. Just no one wants to pay attention to them. There's a law here that states that limited guardianship if they lack some but not all. It's already written. Somebody probably already went through all this crap to get this in writing. And here it is. And everyone's like, yeah, that's what they're doing. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We don't like that. That makes our job harder because then we have to mediate more. Then the judge actually can't just say, oh, I got time for this. I don't have time for this. Anyway, we gotta go. Do you see the other people in the waiting room? I don't have time for this. It's bad. It's yeah. Bad. In, so, in my opinion, if they don't have time for it, it's not going to make them money. Make I literally asked one time. I said, "Your Honor, if you'd you like to adjourn, right on the Your Honor, right if you'd there. like to adjourn, yeah. we'd gladly come back." And I asked the last time, "Are this is going to be a lot to um, discuss? And could we maybe be at the end of the day?" Because sometimes you know you never know. The first three cases might go like really fast, yeah. and then then whatever time. On top of the time you already reserved for me, whatever time everyone else frees up, I'd be glad to take that time, Your Honor. I'd be glad to come in here if you even have 10 minutes every day for the next two months. I'll argue my case. But as long as you hear me, as long as she they never let her talk in, on yeah. September and you hear me talk. No, they didn't let me talk and I was freaking out. <laughs> so <laughs> September comes and, the, and the, I'm like this. I did. She would have been proud of me in September. I was not like I was this last year. I'm like this. Finally, she goes, yes, Miss Wind. And I said, Your Honor, am I going to get a chance to defend myself against these allegations? And she kind of gave a little smile. And she's like, you know, Miss Wind, you've been very patient. And I know you want your time to be heard. And I promise you, you will have that before me. Let's get to mediation and see how that goes. And I said, thank you very much, Your Honor. And then she pointed out the order was in, uh, already uploaded and stuff. And then here I come back in January and she keeps telling me to shut up. And I'm like, you told me, you promised me. You don't tell we me. We have a bulldog. Promise me something. Everybody meet Amanda Wind. Okay. She's good at what she does. And you know what? We just need more people. And you know, I'm not loud. Continue. My aunt decided to, she's labeling me as passionate. <laughs> That's what we are called, passionate. So anyway, very guys. passionate about what I believe in. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? You want to wrap it up? Do you guys have more questions? Or the guy with the accent can just talk for a few minutes. Didn't you know we all have an accent to him? Yeah. Wow. I wonder. I probably We don't probably sound as good as he sounds. <laughs> all of you have an accent to me. I'm Aussie. <laughs> well, and, um, I don't have any more questions. Well, Tom, I was going to say though, you have your. You said you have a situation with. I mean, do you want to share? Yeah, um, I can go over that real quick. Um, so it's probably been about a year or so. Um, I, I went to uh, my wife and I were going to move to Colorado. I had gotten a job up there, and my son and his wife and grand and my grandson lived there, so that's why we were going to move up there. And uh, while I was up there, my father-in-law had a massive heart attack pretty much died right here in my living room and they had to bring him back to life. Um, so my, my wife's a pretty sharp cookie. She's pretty smart. Um, she 
right away she got power of attorney. Um, and I mean right away. Um, so they almost killed my father-in-law like four or five times in the hospital. Um, one time a nurse came in uh, and lucky my wife was there because had my wife not been there, the, the uh, nurse would have given my father-in-law a double dose of uh, insulin, which would have killed him. And uh, um, she uh, and, and what's funny is, is my wife had said something to her. And then after that, she had never seen that nurse again. Um, so I guarantee you they were trying to kill my father-in-law at that hospital. Um, so yeah, she, she, uh, she did a lot of fight. She was, she was at the hospital for like 10 days straight. Uh, she did not, she, she, the one time she left to came, come home and take a shower, she went back to the hospital and her, her dad was literally dying on, he was gray or he wasn't responding. Um, so I, I don't know. I wasn't here, so I don't really know exactly what she did. But she got the nurses and everybody in off their asses, and and they they stabilized them. So um, he he they were gonna let him go home because he was getting he was getting better, and uh, he he was gonna need oxygen, and uh, they weren't gonna give it to him. And uh, my wife is is like uh, Amanda, right? Yes. Uh, she's she's a pit bull. She does not take the word no. She won't. That's not in her vocabulary um, when it comes to stuff like that. So she sat there and fought with this lady about her getting uh, giving him oxygen. Um, she, of course, my wife won. He came home with oxygen. Nice. Um, and basically, uh, my wife pretty much brought my father-in-law back to life. Um, she changed his whole diet. Um, grandpa, I don't know if you guys noticed, there's an older gentleman walking in the background. That's grandpa. Hi, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's, he's pretty much back to, uh, back to, back to him, the old self. Um, we just gotta, you know, watch what he eats. And so he's doing all right. Praise Jesus. So, yeah, absolutely. Mrs. Tom. Yeah, no, she's, uh, yeah. Well, you know, and it was like my wife, uh, asked my father-in-law she said do you, do you want to live and he was like i want to live so she as soon as she heard that it was all over yeah exactly. she was gonna make sure that that old man lived and yeah. she did and that's what that's how i feel with my mom i feel like that's all i keep hearing is and i I just started because i mean all along i've been saying don't i don't care about me don't listen to me okay i talk a lot you don't care about me and all that then listen to my mom yeah and that's what it's like i, I told every single person oh um, you know, I told every single person, it's just her, her thing trying to install, um, that it needs to be, you know, it's more about, <laughs> we need people to listen to them because I, my sisters and I all have different opinions and all that, and they don't want to waste their time with it. Well, you know what I wanted to say to the judges last time, you know, what would really resolve all of this? If you spoke to my damn mother, exactly. Cause you've got three people that don't even know my mom writing letters and miss Olette submitting them. And then we got you got four daughters that do know her. I got in the audience. I had seven family friends, and the only thing on the record is going to go from these three strangers that my sister has recruited to write letters. Listen to my mother. I asked in my petition that my mother be present at the hearing, and she ignores that. Yeah. Right. She ignores that I asked her to do a capacity exam and not a competency. And, and she never had. She never had a lawyer. Come on, when you're and she says me, we're not entertaining your petition. Yeah. But she's oh, you mean lawyer. the petition that I filed in the GA case? 
but, but we're here in front of the conservatorship case. Is that what you're saying, Your Honor? Well, bottom line, she needed to have an attorney. When she you, should have you know, someone. there's someone to be representing her, and and an unbiased, a lawyer, an, an unbiased lawyer. person that doesn't go to the guardians or us and interviews us. Take an interview from my mother, and then then do your your background. Okay, don't do background from strangers. When this person can speak for themselves, respect that. Because my mother did a damn fine job at being a mom. She did a damn fine job being a taxpaying citizen. She worked her entire life, which is now why she's on the Social Security and is able to do that after an injury she had. And, you know, respect her. Don't respect me because I'm too loud and you might not like what I have to say. But you're going to respect my mom. I, I'll be damned. You could slap me silly five times. Put a finger on my mom. <laughs> and right. right now they're, they're literally just beating my mom up. That's what they're doing. They're they're mentally beating her up down to the point where they even told her, do you either want to learn how to use your phone again or do you want to learn how to walk, mom? You can't do both. <laughs> That's elder abuse. Somebody like that and gaslights them like that. A sick individual, but I'm over here, no good for my mom because she's combative when I'm done visiting her. <laughs> well, There's no other <laughs> clear and convincing evidence anywhere besides hearsay. And I brought it up to a hearsay, Your Honor. She don't care. She doesn't care because it'll just speed us along if I just shut up. Right. But you look, my mom beat yeah, me. But that's what the courts want. I'm going to speak up. That's what the courts want. They want you to settle and fuck off. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Can you say that again? Yeah, can you? One more time. <laughs> that's what the courts want. They want you to settle and fuck I off. Could, I wish you could appreciate how much you how you sound to us because we love it. Okay. And I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So I'm from the hood. I'm a hood Billy. I identify as a hood Billy. I was raised in the hood by a bunch of hillbillies. So I go from, you know, my inner conscience to my outer conscience real quick, and they're two different people. <laughs> But your anyway. accent is amazing. It is. You, I wish you, you have fans, play. Ray. You, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what if I put on a country? Or, Hang on, does that make me infamous? Lawyers and judges. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, you guys. Well, thank you so much. Because, you know, these guys, we have to get them home because we yeah. did have a huge snowstorm here in Michigan. And so they came out yeah. to be on the show. But Tom, as usual... I really appreciate um, you having us on Michigan Probate Services at gmail.com. If anybody wants to reach us, I'll make sure that you can call any of them. Judy, if you're out there, please contact us. Ted would love to talk with you. Nancy, if you happen to get on a phone and you actually get to see this, you need to know that these two girls love you. And these guys are going to keep fighting and, and get the exposure out. And any free lawyers out there or free legal advice, if you really want to stand up for the group of lawyers that you know you think that this world needs you want to make things right you you know you got three people here that could really use something from you and if you want to you know do, you know pass it along pay it forward we're here we need the help and we'll do all the secretarial work for yeah you. i'll do it yeah i'll do i'm a i'll work the for girl fridays <laughs> thank okay, you i would just like to yeah, give you hey, a hold on a second uh, before you definitely guys... check out uh Go ahead, the, Ray. Sorry. Uh, Legal Shields website. Yeah, yeah. Check yep. them out. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'll be able to help you. Right, I think so too. Maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, I want to talk to. Uh, I'm going to set up uh, uh, something with Jody, and uh, I would like Amanda to be there, and I'm going to have six involved. I want to talk to you guys about starting a podcast. 
Amanda, you're perfect for this. Okay. Perfect. Absolutely. And uh, so I think we can get, let's, let's, uh, I'll set a date with Jody and six and uh, we'll, we'll discuss this. If, if she'll do it, I'll help her. Okay. Perfect. I would love to. And my second piece of advice is uh, if they're recording you in court, there's got to be some legal precedence for you to be able to record them. Well, you know, that's what's good about getting your, I, we're like, we are able to go and actually watch the video in person, but you have to be in the courthouse to watch it. And then, you know, maybe I could do my own transcripts of it or whatever. That's what we do. But, you know, that's what's Certainly, started. legally, you're allowed to make your own copy. That's what I thought. But then now with probate, it's different. So when you go into Michigan probate and you go into the, you know, they will tell you, I could do it for. Well, um, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Wait, they will not let they you. They have an it. administrative law. It's a bunch of bullshit. And I know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they are they're telling you that you can't. She wants to do it covertly. But here's the problem because I'm already a felon. I'm not going back to jail for anybody. But again, um, there are some people that go and they get it because you don't want to know why they get it. Not to sit there and make a, a videotape and make a fool out of the judge. It's for their own records. Yeah. They need to see exactly. That. It's for your own records. Exactly, and you know what's so better is when you way. do your, when you do when you when you are not in that frame of mind of being nervous and you're listening to videotapes. It it is better. And then the other thing is a lot of these transcripts are not correct. And yeah. we've even gone to the legislators about it because when the judge says something, you got to see her face or his face. And they're, you know, and they're like, you just rental people. Like, it, you know, it's just, you've got to really be there. So again, um, I'm with a pretty active group of people. I mean, and we're national. Like we I need said, a court um, reporter. Well, we, we need just, someone that's willing to take the time. We need the sheriffs right. to stop throwing us in jail. About 16 of us in our group have gone to jail. And this one better be careful because I don't want She almost threw me in jail and it was a jail. Yeah, she was in contempt. Yeah. And I, because I said, you're not, because I'm kicking my lawyer and I'm going, are you going to see something you didn't? And I finally said, yeah, and I'm trying to speak. And she's like, you're speaking over me. And I said, well, I wasn't finished, Your Honor. And she goes, who do you think you are? And I said, someone that wants to see their mother. And, and she goes, I'm on that pace taxes. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I said, you have not given us a single moment to defend ourselves. You have not heard anything. But you guys, I read that transcript today. Nothing. And I'm going to tell you something watching her say it is so much more different than me just reading it because again you know we don't know these people when we first start working with them but you know when you get to meet her could you imagine seeing her on a videotape and then God, she i look so i look so well like, but, that's, but it's because, <laughs> that's not what i meant to be like yeah but it's because and like poor ted i mean he went in they threw him in jail and you know they they're they're, they're good at it they do it every day I'm only good at it because I do this pretty much every day. Court yeah. watch, retransmit. My facial yeah. expressions speak for themselves so much where like I've been removed from the courtroom when I used to do stuff with Tom. <laughs> they look, come over and he goes, and I'm like, no, no, no. I'll, I told him, no, that's what we need to do. Because I'm like, yeah. No, that's, that's why I got in trouble with this. And then the bailiff's yeah. like, you can't do yeah. The one guy checked me out. He's like, look, I'm going to let you back in here. But you need to calm your face down. And I was like, yes, sir. No, they don't want it. I got in trouble for gesticulating. I went like this. Here we go again. Oh, yeah. I gesticulated. I didn't even know what that word meant. Acting out with big uh, big acting yeah. arguments. I had a client's phone, and she had, like, evidence on it one time. And I, you know, had been dead. So she charged it up. So I'm holding it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you hear, and I'm going, God, what an asshole. Who's, who's phone? <laughs> Caleb comes over and I'm like, 
oh, it's the evidence phone going off. And I'm like, I'll turn it off. I'm so sorry. Sorry. He goes, you got to go. And it kicks me out of the courtroom. And I'm like, <laughs> so upset. We do need our own podcast. I can tell. She'd be good. <laughs> She's so I'll, I'll, I'll text Jody about this here in the next uh, maybe I'll I'll text you tomorrow. Oh yeah. And, uh, Let me see you, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, that might have been my son. <laughs> I don't know who's. I can't tell who's walking. New Year, we'll see each other again. Yes, absolutely. God bless. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. Good Thank time, you. Pete. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Or do we do we take? I think we can. Yeah, just I can remove you, or you can do it yourself. Oh, us, yeah. Okay. We're gonna keep watching. Just remove. Stay us. real, the guys. Thank you. Okay. Have a good, good night. night. Bye. Good night. <laughs> yeah, we can. That was, those some pretty crazy stories I had going on there, huh, guys? Yeah. yeah. I can give some insight to the aged care situation. Well, in Australia, anyway. My mother was a aged care from the age of. 16 to 65. That was a lifelong career. And ever since the 80s, it has been slowly declining in quality and slowly increasing in cost. Of course. I'll be back in a second, gentlemen. I got to take a leak. Tom's <laughs> uh, back teeth are floating. Uh, you know, this is basically the, the, you know, the whole legal system is set up, you know, as was mentioned, you know, to make profit or to manipulate, you know, the, the lawyers, most of them, the, the bar association and all that, you know, is, is you know. It, it, to generate profit out of unsuspecting victims. Yeah, and that's why they have, you know, their legalese and, you know, the make everything you know difficult to understand and, and, and you know processes and blah, blah blah but anyway it sounds like you know it's basically she's they're fighting the state you know and you know once the state you know has an authority to assume these types of you know privileges and and stances then you know that's you know it's the opposite of anarchy so we'll put it that way that is definitely true. Yeah, so I mean, that they, they, they got their fingers, and it, it it wasn't this way back in the day, you know. My my parents, uh, you know, uh, in the '60s or whatever, when and then I guess what, I was I seven years old, so that was '68, you know, when they got like you know technically divorced or whatever, and and. Uh, there wasn't, you know, child support, you know, nobody, neither one of them paid child support. You know, my dad took me and one of my brothers and she took my youngest brother. And, you know, the, 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 you know, there was no government, you know, control over people's children, you know, in the interest of, you know, whatever. And, you know, just with my two daughters and going through child support and all that, you know, it's just like I say, there's now there's just this assumption of the state's rights over you know whatever the individual is and the system is set up to you know support the system and not you know to a, a close examination or you know uh you know rebuttal you, you know any kind of uh, protest to their their authority and yeah so i feel yeah, for well, them I, I, go ahead 
well, they're always going to protect the system. The system always protects the system. Absolutely. And, and anyway, so now that Tom's back, I also have to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> my back teeth are floating. <laughs> uh, so, I'm doing okay uh, at the moment. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Vance. I should have probably warned you about this podcast. I kind of got all this uh, last minute stuff from Jody, but um, yeah, we were supposed great. to have. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought it was, uh, you know. Maybe some people wake up a little bit on what the hell's going on with the court systems and shit like that. You know what I mean? And, and that therein lies the you know rub. I don't really understand their entire situation, but it sounds like you know whoever got the the uh, custody rights or whatever, so to speak, you know, is in control because the the state has assumed that they're the ones that you know has the power, and so right. You know, and she's not paying, you know, 18,000 and, you know, she has, you know, the state, she, they're basically fighting the state is the way I perceive what's going on. They're not, not the other person in their rich pockets, like could be the case. Right. Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always about the money, isn't it? But yeah, it, it's not, it's not fun. And, you know. I wish I had more to offer on the subject. You know, the, the, the Donna on the AM Wake Up channel, what's her, isn't that her name? The lawyer lady, you know, she might hear this or something. Oh, you mean Lisa? Lisa, yeah, Lisa, I'm sorry. Yeah, Donna. I think she's, oh, I, I, she might be in contact with them a little bit. I'm not really sure. So she might have some kind of angle that they hadn't thought about to pursue or something. Right. You know, somebody, somebody might hear it that will have that angle, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yep, I don't want the state having control of me. That's the only tattoo I want. I want to get a tattoo right on my chest here saying, you know, uh, do not resuscitate with my signature. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know. <laughs> I mean, that, no, would that, that count? That my my wife dude she she went through some bs um when that shit happened with my father-in-law dude um they were trying to make it to where she couldn't stay in the in the room with him and they were just trying to give her a, a hard time but uh there was this one older uh nurse in there and uh my she talked to my wife and my wife talked to her a little bit and basically uh, the nurse said, don't, you know, don't worry. I can see that you're, you care about your dad and you're trying to, you know, get him taken care of. So basically she told the other nurses to just, uh, you know, work around my wife. But, uh, like it was pretty crazy. The insulin deal, um, this like 10 minutes before they had already given him his insulin 10 minutes after the insulin that nurse came back in and she was like, Hey, you know, she didn't even say anything. My wife's like, Hey, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, I'm going to give him his insulin. She's like, no, he's already had it. You give him that insulin and he, you're going to kill him. And she booked it out of that room real quick, dude. So they, they I, I, I don't know, dude, the, uh, the hospital I, I like to say the staff of nursing, nursing homes are under a lot of pressure. They are understaffed. Right. And the, 
and the new ones that come in are way under trained. Well, it was like, uh, my wife was telling me a lot of the nurses that, um, that were working in that unit, in the, in that unit, um, they were, they didn't really hadn't ever worked in that unit before they were new to all this shit, you know? And my wife was pretty much telling them what they had to do. Like, uh, yeah, my, 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 my father was new people coming into the industry when she was working. Yeah. She's retired now. Thanks to COVID. It was they like oh, my, my father-in-law, he, he, he's about six foot three. And uh, when he was laying in the hospital bed, his feet were overhanging. And my wife was like, Hey, you know, maybe his feet should be elevated. And the nurse was like, yeah, it should be. And, you know, she didn't, they didn't tell my uh, wife that she figured that out. And, uh, she's like, well, can we get something to prop his feet up? And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. He's too tall for the bed. We don't have an extension. She's uh, like, well, can we at least pillows? pillows? Yes. <laughs> so that's what my wife did. She got some pillows and propped up his feet, you know? So basically if it wasn't for my wife, we wouldn't have grandpa right now. Yeah. Uh, nursing homes are just death centers in disguise. Yeah, we're not going to send Grandpa to no nursing home. That ain't going to happen. Yeah, well, my mom ain't going into a nursing home. She worked in one for most of her life. Right. She probably knows better, right? <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, don't really have the option to, you know, I mean, it's like, you know. Don't own a home, a you of, know, et cetera. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> also, a lot of the people in nursing homes have been abandoned by their family. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's why they send them there because they don't want to take care of them. Exactly. They'd rather pay which someone is, else to take care of them. Which sucks, man. You know? It is. It's, it's your it's parent. The institutionalized breaking of the family unit. Yeah. Yeah. And it really needs to stop. Well, that's In part my... of the agenda. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I agree with you. You know, like they're just trying to destroy the family unit. That way there's no, you know, there's just chaos in the family all the time. Uh, I think that's been pretty well accomplished at this point. Right, you know. I mean, I guess it could always be worse, but you know, it's like you know, the, it's definitely not the same as it was when I was a kid in the sixties, yeah, 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 seventies, yeah, yeah. and stuff. You know, growing up and and you know, Christmas certainly not the and same as that. when I was a kid in the eighties. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> right? it's like you know, we we went a long way from Leave It to Beaver to you know now. <laughs> Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, what happened to those days, Vance? <laughs> They're all behind us now, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> well, gentlemen, um, do you guys want to keep going, or yeah, what do you guys want to do? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go on a little longer. You guys got anything on on the mind you want to talk about? You see any cool stuff in the news this week, or whatever? <laughs> Ooh. And it's like. I don't even watch the news. I just suffer through everybody else telling me what they heard on the news. Well, <laughs> I, I, I came across this uh, article on Twitter yes last night, which really caught my interest, and I'm going to do a, 
a little looking into it. But apparently back in, I, would, I think it was the 30s, 30s or 40s, this gentleman um, made these goggles. And uh, he used they some... not vision goggles? No, 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 no. They were just like regular goggles, dude. But he did something to the to the lenses. He put some kind of something on it, and I have it written down. I just can't remember the name. But uh, um, so he put this stuff on these lenses, and basically these goggles he could put on it. It was like that one movie where the dude would put his put his glasses down, and he could see everybody was like an alien or whatever. I don't remember what the name of that movie was, but um. So it was LSD. He put, he put yeah, LSD. Right? <laughs> but basically, <laughs> the, the the guy was saying that you could put these lenses on, and that you could see people's aura, their mag, you know, the magnetism, their aura yeah. around their body. Yeah. But okay. he said yeah. that um, some people he would look at, he couldn't see the aura, so there was no magnetic field around these people. And uh, so the government found out that this guy was did this and basically assassinated the dude and uh, took all of his all of his work and did something with it. You know, I'm sure they probably packed it away somewhere in a vault or something. But um, he was saying that there's not a whole lot of information on this guy. So I'm going to try to see if I can find something. I probably won't, but I'm going to take a look. So I don't know. It was kind of kind of caught my interest a little bit. What was his name? I I missed it because of the internet connection. Um, I didn't. I don't know his name off that off off the top of my head, but I will send it to you, Ray. Much appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I want to look into it a little bit and see what it, see if I can find anything. And where did you see it at? Where did you? Hear I saw it on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, I've been coming across. I think I saw the same thing. I thought I had bookmarked it, but I, apparently I didn't. I went back in my bookmarks and looked for it, and I couldn't find it. So, but I wrote the the guy's name down and all that stuff. So I, I'll send it. I'll send you that stuff to, in a DM or something. So I don't know. I thought it just caught my interest. I was like, whoa, you know, he put these goggles on and he can see people's aura. So. I, uh, apparently, whatever it was he put on these these lenses uh, changed the light spectrum, our light spectrum, so he could see different things that n the normal person without these goggles couldn't see. So, and uh, and my wife here's an uh, uh, my wife uh, found this article and she can't find it anymore, but it was like a couple years ago. She said this uh, Ukrainian guy um, had a pair of goggles, and. Uh, they were like some military goggles. And uh, basically what he did is he put the goggles facing up into the sky and then put his phone to it. And on his phone, you could see all these UFOs and stuff flying around in the sky that he couldn't see with his normal, without these goggles. Um, so my wife, I, my wife told me about this. I'm like, well, where's the article? And she's like, she just, she looked and looked, she couldn't find the article anymore. So they, they might have scrubbed it. So yeah, I've, I don't know. I've seen some stuff like that where you know, they, you know, with infrared or whatever, you know, you can right. see stuff flying around, and you know, yeah, it's certainly I possible. The, the dude basically made a uh, aura viewer. Aura viewer. If I'm if I'm thinking of the same story. 
the oh, guy from Ukraine or the other one. Viewer. Okay, you said uh, you said bubble. or a viewer. I get it. The story about the goggles. You put a yeah, 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 on the yeah, goggle. Okay. Yeah, and you, you, they could see the military could see each other's auras. Gotcha. I think this was during the Vietnam War. Oh. That's crazy. Copping friendly fire because with the goggles on they all looked like demons or something. Is, <laughs> is that the story you're thinking of, Tom? No, no, no. That's a different story. You found uh, C, so there is something else out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Apparently, this dude didn't do uh, good enough research on it. <laughs> no, but that's kind of yeah. The story, the the what I the video I saw is kind of what you're talking about. Yes, Ray. They could he so apparently he could see people's auras and stuff and some people he could see the aura and he said other people didn't have an aura. So I think what he was basically what he was coming down to is he was saying that those people that didn't have an aura were Nephilim. Or NPCs. Yeah. Androids, something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It could have been some clones or something, you know? I don't know. I'm I, a, a gentleman. I'm a firm believer in clones. Um, I think they're cloning people. Um, well, if they can clone a shape, surely. Yeah. Well, they told us that back back in you know back in the day that they could clone a sheep. So automatically, when I hear things like that, I'm I start to think like, okay, if they're telling us this, then what are they really doing? You know. My only question is, how do they transfer the consciousness from one? Do they like? Put them on in close proximity to each other and then kill one. <laughs> I don't know. It moves across, or yeah, yeah. I'm not sure of the mechanism yeah. of that. Therein lies the rub, doesn't it? I mean, you know, they they got some guys that what was his name was Captain Kramer or something, and you know, so there's at least two people, and like one of them was on you know coast to coast AM with whatever you know. The, talking about he was part of a secret space program, you know, and he was, you know, they were actually fighting wars with aliens and, you know, distant galaxies. And, uh, 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 that, uh, in the future and, and we have time travel and all this kind of crap, you know, and, and he was, you know, one of the guys was claiming that the government had, had, you know, given him permission. They like asked him to come out and, you know, expose this story to get people ready for it. And, you know, that's what he's saying, claiming. And, you know, I, I never heard any major rebuttal or anything from the government about, anyway, I, I don't believe, you know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, who knows? I, uh, well, it's funny. Cause Ray uh, sent me a couple videos uh, <laughs> this last week uh, on a, a show we're going to be doing next week. The chronovisor. Yeah, no. While you happen to mention you found it, and I appreciate it because I, I watched that one video and well, one of the first videos, and basically the dude was breaking down um, the, uh, Is that the Wi file machine. The which one? The Wi files on YouTube. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that guy's awesome. Yeah, and dude's a fucking legend. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he was he was um, showing on the video how how. Um, they time travel and basically it was like um that one jody foster movie where they had the circles and they were all spinning around 
um i i forgot the name of that movie but um yeah contact yeah yeah contact so basically um that's what he was showing how their little time machine worked and they were put magnets on it or something and spray something at the same time and those things are all spinning and apparently you can do some kind of time travel so i don't know <laughs> the well but, is a mysterious place well um there's a gentleman named al belick um oh, we lost plans to yeah he was muted for a second um i'll let him back in if he comes back in but anyway yeah. um al belick he worked for the government and he claimed he claimed that um he was a Larry. time traveler and that he's been back in the future and forward in the future um and he was part of the that experiment where they made the ship disappear and reappear Manhattan experiment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Manhattan. I was going to uh oh. He might uh, be losing his internet connection. <laughs> I think he might be. Goddamn internet gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I've been having problems all night. It, it's uh, it'll there's a little thing on the on the stream yard that'll show me how my uh my internet's if it's going to about to go out and it went off a few times tonight and I was like, "Oh, I hope it doesn't drop." <laughs> yeah, that, that that wasn't you. That was me my finger on the screen. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. Twice in a row. It's like I'm cussing. At least you're consistent. This is it happened three times, isn't it? Right. It happened three times. <laughs> Dude, I lost count. Uh, it's, a, it's a habit after three times, I guess. Huh? <laughs> There's a gentleman out there, I can't remember his name, who claims that uh, that his father was part of a... Um, uh, a project for time travel. I, I believe it was the Pegasus project. I'm not 100% sure. I have to go back and look, but um, I'm familiar with claims, the Pegasus project, but I'm not sure of the names involved. Right. Um, but this gentleman claims that, that he went to Mars with, with Obama. And that yeah, they that's went the guy I was talking about. Yeah, that's, yeah, go ahead. So he claims that they went through some kind of portal or something like that, and his dad was all involved in it and then he eventually got into it, you know, so I don't know, but, uh, it was his the, pretty the super thing, interesting story. The, the thing that kind of, you know, stuck out with me or, you know, the way my mind works with he claimed that, you know, at some point he was exposed to this machine, you know, that, that he was able to, where they downloaded all this information of the universe, you know, into, you know, just like the matrix, you know, now he knew karate and, you know, all the things he needed to know about, you know, uh, uh, you know, doing all that. And, and he described, you know, kind of the, you know, in whatever terms, the mechanism. And, and so, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, if they got a machine like that, well, then they can make you believe you went to Mars and went to, you were, right. wherever yeah, yeah, yeah. the hell that you, <laughs> that you, that you say you went and met, you know, whoever the hell they wanted you to meet, you know? Right. So maybe they got a machine like that, you know what I mean? Maybe they do have that, but you know, that, that's, that's the same guy I was talking about. And then I know there's another guy besides him, even that, you know, was claiming all that kind of stuff. And, I'm, I'm Man, if just, I had just, access to a time machine, I'd be going back to the 1970s and getting trained by Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Well, and, and I, if, I he, if he had it, he, he, he would be going the day before that movie he went to. And, you know, <laughs> Somebody Actually, asked I'd me time what... travel back to before he takes that fucking aspirin. I said, dude, don't take it. I'll give you a massage. <laughs> leave it be. I'll go back to the day of uh, Adam and Eve and smack them both. Maybe shit will yeah. be different. <laughs> uh, screw that. Grab the fucking snake and ring its neck. <laughs> it's what, one of my favorite. One of my favorite Aesop rock songs is called "Pigs," and it's about you know the the materialistic, greedy, capitalistic fucks that control the world, and and it says if Noah would have had the hindsight of if Noah would have had the benefit of hindsight on his ship. He would have snatched up two unicorns and left behind the motherfucking pigs. Goddamn pigs. <laughs> Pot-bedding pigs. Punch-drunk pigs. <laughs> so, so we'd be eating turkey bacon, but it'd be a whole lot better than, you know. We got <laughs> a little bit healthier for you. <laughs> So what's the name of that band you were just talking about? That Aesop Rock. It's he's a hip hop. Oh, got you, got you. Okay, independent hip hop dude named Aesop Rock. I, I I describe his thing as I call him. It's heavy mental hip hop because he's real lyrical and and you know his stuff's pretty deep and a lot of people aren't going to get it because they don't they can't really follow him and you know it's like we, he, so many metaphors and you know things right. anyway you know so, so but yeah he's one of my favorite artists <laughs> you still there ray fuck i was on mute there's this new pool game that i that i saw on television recently it's called the cpl league and uh it's basically i guess kind of like a mini version of snooker or something and and uh it's a doubles game so it would be fun to maybe get it started here at the bar because sometimes people want to play doubles and I typically don't like to play doubles but I will and but anyway uh, it's it's players uh, two uh, teams and two teams and and there's eight balls on the table eight four purple four orange and one uh, eight ball and so you know similarly like you know snooker the eight ball is all, is like a bonus ball and you get so many points for the other balls and you got to hit them you know consecutive you know one or, anyway they take turns it, it was really pretty cool i'll send you a link i'll try to find something about it on youtube or something and, and uh it might be something, you know, if you, well, you don't have nobody to play with. I'm sorry. I even brought it up. This is getting depressing now. <laughs> well, then you'll have to oh, show anyway, them that before YouTube I, video. <laughs> before What's that, Ray? I, forgot I had my mute button on. I was about to drop a link in the uh, StreamYard chat to YouTube of the uh, Gorillaz track that I, that uh, Vanicky heard the other day. Oh yes, sir. yeah. Well, drop put it. I'll put it on. And they do have it on the the jukebox here. I checked earlier. Yeah, that's fucking I mean, awesome, man. Well, I mean, y'all in Australia, y'all don't have digital jukeboxes, you know? 
internet jukebox? Man, the only uh, time they I got know internet in Perth. Yeah. I've probably got a better connection speed than you do. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, like, you know, I would just assume, and, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not really. You know, trying to you know bust your chops so much, but but the, the uh, you know it's called hey, AMI I'm American. I'm an <laughs> it's you, a- can bust your, <laughs> you can bust my chops all you like. I'll still come back at it. Yeah, but it's AMI. It's a, you know I'm sure I would assume they have it in Australia, the American musical, whatever, and you know it's all they're licensed the stuff, and like the bar here has to pay them like a, t- a you know a tax or a fee or whatever to, you know, play the stuff here in the bar. You know, they did like the jukebox has to get an inspection sticker on it or whatever, you know, <laughs> but, but I'm going to uh, hit play on this gentleman and we have to go mute or it's going to echo on us. All right. Yeah. It's cool. I thought it was cool. That's the first time I'd heard it. And yeah, like, Once upon a time at the foot of a great mountain, there was a town where the people known as happy folk lived. Their very existence of mystery to the rest of the world, obscured as it was by great clouds. Here they played out their peaceful lives, innocent of the litany of excess and violence that was growing in the world below. To live in harmony with the spirit of the mountain called monkey was enough. Then one day, strange folk arrived in the town. They came in camouflage, hidden behind dark glasses, and no one noticed them. They only saw shadows. You see, without the truth of the eyes, the happy folk were blind. In time, the strange folk found their way into the higher reaches of the mountain, and it was there that they found the caves of unimaginable sincerity and beauty. By chance, they stumbled upon the place where all good souls come to rest. The strange folk, they coveted the jewels in these caves above all things, and soon they began to mine the mountain, its rich scene fueling the chaos of their own world. Meanwhile, down in the town, the happy folks slept restlessly, their dreams invaded by shadowy figures digging away at their souls. Every day, people would wake and stare at the mountain. Why was it bringing darkness into their lives? And as the strange folk climbed deeper and deeper into the mountain, holes began to appear, bringing with them a cold and bitter wind that chilled the very soul of the monkey. 
for the first time, the happy folk felt fearful. For they knew that soon the monkey would stir from its deep sleep. Then there came a sound, distant first, that grew into catastrophe so immense that it could be heard far away in space. There were no screams. There was no time. The mountain called monkey had spoken. There was only fire, and then nothing. Oh, a little town in the USA, time's come to see nothing you believe in. But where were you when it all came down? Did you call me now? That's it. That was a cool song. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, not something you'd expect from the gorillas, though, eh? Yeah, I mean, after you know, in hindsight, I can see it now, you know, but but you know, it, I'd never heard it before, and yeah, it had a, a different kind of approach, and I liked the subject matter, so it was I, right. I, I appreciated. Yeah, thanks for turning us on. That was cool. And uh, where from here? Say what? So where from here? Where from here? I don't know, boys. We're at three hours right now, so uh, I'm I'm getting hungry. <laughs> 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 and it's super cold right now. Like I have yeah. to keep on in the house, and I'm it's still cold. hot here. Well, you want to trade places? <laughs> we'll time travel. Maybe for five minutes. Okay. We'll open a portal and we'll trade places for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for the delivery of the Star Trek fucking teleport technology. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Me too. That, that's like we're talking about the Bigfoot being interdimensional. It's like, okay, well, if I'm Bigfoot, it's like – why am I coming to the woods in the middle of Utah or wherever, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, what, what, what's, what, what's the, what's the benefit of having this, you know, ability, you know, and, 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 and how is it that, you know, you know, I, I'm just saying that's just kind of bizarre kind of even well, concept I, I, for me to have. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't really say for sure if a Bigfoot, um, I do believe Bigfoot's real. That's just, uh, you know, that's just yeah. me. Um, but uh, as far as the interdimensional time travel goes, I can't say, you know, for sure. But it sounds cool. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, but I, you, I, I, do, but... I, I do believe they are the masters of their of their environment. You know what I mean? Like they're probably the apex predator in wherever they live. Um, and they probably don't want humans to see them, I would assume, <laughs> you know, yeah. so they're probably good at hiding themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can be good enough at, you know, getting away and, you know, maybe eventually, you know, that concrete evidence will be exposed or, you know, whatever, but, uh, you know, if the interdimensional. They've probably got cloaking technology too. 
that's what I'm saying. It's right? like I don't I don't have to go to interdimensional to, to understand that nobody's really found, you know, a concrete, you know, example. And and of course we've got very little, you know, to go by other than, you know, subjective, you know, photographs and videos and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we'll see. A lot of which can't be verified at all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, I'm I'm certainly open minded to it and, and you know, it uh, uh there's we find things you know every day that we've never seen before and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And there's certainly enough, you know, uh wilderness expanses to where people, you know, you know, Have lots of things can happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm not gonna rule anything out in that regard, right. you know. I'll but yeah, watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was a point I was going to kind of get that just to kind of throw in that that you know that you know with the the notoriety comes the legend. You know that helps you know continuate the legend. You know just based on you know something that may or may not be you know um, you know et cetera, et cetera. So that, movie out of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the yeah, legend of Boggy Creek. Well, before that, it was the legend of Boggy Creek, and I mentioned that the last time it came. It was yeah. like I saw that in the at the drive-in, you know, in the in the car, you know, and the and it was scary then, you know, as a little kid. I was like, yeah, it was, it was, you know. So it, you Sitting know, in the car, you know, Bigfoot's coming for you. You know, it, <laughs> yes. it, 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 is that where you know the the idea of Bigfoot, you know, really manifests, or you know, just like you know, just like you know, religions and mushrooms and you know, whatever. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I wish I would bring. I wish I would bring driving flag. Uh, we have, yeah. went, we have a drive in. A drive in. I saw Roger. Uh, what was it? Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh huh. That's the last time I went to a drive in. Oh, one of the last times I went to a drive in was to go go watch uh, Terminator Two. And we're all flying on acid. We had like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like three cases of beer, which was gone in like fucking two hours between like four or five people. But dude, when they showed that scene of her holding onto the fence and her like disintegrating, you know what I mean? Like catching on fire and just turning into ash. Oh my God. I was frying so fucking hard when they showed that shit. It was trippy. <laughs> um also one time we uh I, we dropped some acid and we went into these tunnels in into this mountain dude and there was some super tight spots to try to get through and dude you can't even see your hand in front of your face it's so fucking dark down there you know what i mean and then you're frying on acid and shit it's like yeah <laughs> you went down there without torches Oh, we had flashlights. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, we got to a certain point where, where we couldn't run, like climb through the through the you know through it anymore. So we just stopped and turned back around and yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was Having feeling so cla- claustrophobic that, that night. Yeah, that, that would be something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the, the first opportunity I had to actually try acid, I was the last person out, which is probably a good thing because I was the driver. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Me and, one of my, me and one of my friends drove his car on that, you know, with our minds on acid, you know, back in the day. Right. I mean, you know, I swear, guy, we were, you know, would. Uh, uh, he was saying he wasn't controlling the steering wheel, and and it was just really there was this low fog right over the road where it was like you know it, it was this really eerie kind of you know a, a special you know time or you know or whatever and and uh, and we were it, it, we were in one of those you know things where we're in zone talking about all that stuff or whatever. It's like well let's see if we it, and and I was like looking at his leg you know to see that he ain't hit you know doing it but you know i mean the car went around the corner and i couldn't see his leg touching nothing so i don't know what happened but you know it, maybe it was an illusion i'm just looking at the uh rumble chat and birdhouse blues has put in a request for anthrax who cares wins who oh cares the wins. euphoria album Okay, and I gotta let you guys know uh, that MJ sends his love. So, do you? do you have that up? brought up already, Ray? We can play that Anthrax song and then call it a night. How's that? Sounds good to me. But it's in it's in the Rumble chat if you want to. Okay, let me. Okay. I, I still got it. One, at least one Anthrax album in my collection. Probably a couple. I'm just gonna I remember the thrash out. days. We'll have to do a music show someday. Oh no, it's coming, it, it, Vance. It's coming. I have eleven albums of Anthrax. What's the one? Something kill kills. Kill. Uh, I, I know I got at least one. Can't remember the name of. I was into them and Testament and all that kind of stuff. Metal Church, uh, you know. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to push play. We got to mute again. Shitty sort of thing. Um, if you're weak, you're a victim. If you're, if, if you're not weak, you become a victimizer. It's only two.
that was funny yeah, at the end of that at the end of that video the sign said the sign <laughs> the sign said dead end <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i couldn't see much of it on my screen because it was you know minimized so or whatever, small. but yeah 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 but yeah cool i remembers me some testament <laughs> i got testament in my archive well, that was anthrax, though. I'm sorry. I said yeah. testament. But, yeah, that was, but, anthrax. Yeah, it was anthrax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the State of Euphoria album. Yeah. For sure, I got both of those still. But oh, I have no record player. By the way, I got like 220. <laughs> How many? 220 gig. Roughly. Uh, oh, oh. Well, I, I'm just saying. I was saying I got them on vinyl. That's what I was saying. I I got I still got the vinyl from the oh. from the testament and, and anthrax. I got, like, off you too. I got I, I got like eighty or so, you know, albums left. Bunch of Frank Zappa, you know. I hope you're keeping them the somewhere stuff. that they don't get too warm and melt and shit, Bess. Considering nah, you're nah. in Texas. Yeah, they, they they're still fine. None of them are warped at this point yet. They're, it's one of the few things I've lost a lot of stuff in storage rooms over the years, <laughs> but, but I still got these, still got these albums. And I, I was probably going to end up just donating them to the college radio station. Cause they got like a program thing where they'll like record them. They're like, you know, the ones that are, you know, worth recording or whatever, you know, they'll digitize Leave them. them right. you know, Leave they'll them. start, they'll, they'll digitize them and, you know, play them on the network and stuff, you know, but but yeah, there's some of them might be worth a little bit of money, but you know, I mean, I got y'all. Are y'all familiar with the band Budgie? Yes. In the 70s. Yes, sir. Uh, no. You know, the, the original Budgies is one of my, you know, major, you know, influences. Damn. And, you know, I, I've got all kinds, I, I got a bunch of their albums that were like, you know, I had to order them, you know, because they were imports and you know not here and you know i, I paid like you know eight and ten bucks you know back in the 80s and stuff you know for for, for one yeah, of their like used, 90 for, bucks now. For, for a used album you know <laughs> you know i think that was one of cliff burton's bands that he was into back in the day a bassist from metallica well they like covered him. metallica yeah that song bread fan was by yeah Butch. yeah, yeah. The song "Bread Fan" and and you know the bass player was badass. <laughs> it was basically like you know the you know Rush, you know meets uh, Metallica or something, you know kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Tony Borgia, the original. It was the original guitarist. Was you know after that, I'm you know not really that into him or anything, but. Uh, uh, yeah, they were a formative band of mine, and and uh, I forget where we were going, but yeah, as I say, I I had to buy a lot of that stuff, you know, through the you know used market because they didn't release a lot of the albums over here. You know, they were all imports and stuff. And some of those might still be worth a little money or something, but you know, I, I ain't worried about it really. All right, uh, all right, guys. Since we're way past the three hour mark. I'm going to let Tom go grab a feed. I'm going to take a dip in the kiddie pool because it's like almost it's 40 necessary. degrees here at the moment. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. What? Hey, thanks for, for coming on. Um, 
thanks everybody for watching. Um, and we'll see everyone next week. And if you had something to say before we leave Vance, uh, go for it, brother. No, that's fine. though. just, you know, make sure the cat's not in the pool. Yeah. 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 In. <laughs> no, no cat. in the backyard here, man. We got a dog. The, the cat might pop your floaties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, everybody. Nice thank you. Go my ahead. parting Finish words would be uh, to the Michigan probate group. Uh -huh. Good luck with all of your endeavors. Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to try to get this, get them to start a podcast. I think they can pull that off. Oh, Amanda yeah. is definitely a podcaster. Absolutely, dude. I agree. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next weekend. Stay warm out there. Cold and stay uh, stay cool if you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> stay warm Good if you're cold. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Yep.